Hello fellow homebrewers, JP here, and I want to introduce to you the brand new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Series available at More Beer. More Beer sells the highest standard in homebrewing equipment, and the Brewbuilt Conicals are just that. They're made from mere polished 304 stainless steel, and they come with loads of features that you and I have been looking for. They have a full 2-inch bottom dump valve, which will eliminate your clogging issues, while the sturdy base includes four reinforced legs, just like those big pro tanks do. More Beer also carries the Brewbuilt line of options and add-ons like casters, pressure kits, and even external glycol chillers. So you can find out more about the new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Unitanks by going over to morebeer.com for detailed videos on the entire line of Brewbuilt Conicals. You can trust Brewbuilt with your next fermentation, and you can trust More Beer to find the right conical for you. Brewbuilt at morebeer.com. Today's Sunday session is brought to you thanks to the fine folks at More Beer. Visit them right now at morebeer.com. I was pouring in my mouth and it just wasn't going down. My first beer was an IPA, the best IPA I've ever drank. Mostly because I brewed it. If you have a scale that is good for measuring cocaine, you're probably good for measuring hops on cocaine. You're, you're scaring me. <laughs> I think the information is awesome and the audio sucks. Take some sugary water, throw it, some yeast in there. And you're going to drink good beer. Yeah, and it's, it's going to be good. good. It's fine. Oh, God damn it, man. Oh, my God. From the Brewing Network Studios in Northern California, this is the radio program for home brewers, craft brewers, beer lovers, and beer geeks. It's your only source for live beer radio that brings expert brewers together with well, expert drinkers. This is the radio program with a head on it. This is the session. Welcome to the show. It's the session. And uh, I tell you what, we have a banger of a show for you tonight. Not only do we have uh, uh, an awesome brewery up in Quebec called Lake Castor. I think I'm saying that right. I don't I don't know. Uh, but they make some kick-ass farmhouse beers, man. And, uh, the beaver. That's, that's what that says. What? In English, it's the beaver. Oh, it's okay. called the beaver brewery. Oh, all right. Uh, not only did they send a bunch of beer, but they sent a bunch of merch, and uh, you know, nice. uh, it uh, it broke, like the the shipment broke. What? So, <laughs> so we lost two bottles or three bottles of beer, um, and it got all over the merch. Like all the hats smell like fucking beer, uh, but really good beer. So it was kind of okay. <laughs> Uh, but I washed all the shirts, so they have now cat hair everywhere. Um, but, uh, you know, if we don't give them away tonight, we'll, we'll have them for, like, Twitter games and stuff. Because I haven't written a Twitter game since I've been hosting. So um, that's just kind of how that goes. Um, but we have a, a beer from Deschutes and new uh, pale ale, extra uh, experimental pale ale. It's called Armory. And we're going to be tasting that. As well, too, and talking about that a little bit. Uh, Apparently, it's with uh, some crazy experimental hop that only has a number. 
It's yeah, like five digit like number. Five. Yeah, I've seen they're getting bigger yeah. than numbers. I know what that's well, I th- I think it's from their they own personal yeah. hot field. I think that yeah, one, there's some meaning to some of the numbers for those. Yeah, yeah. I th- so I think it's from their from their own thing, yeah. and, and they're having a um, actually a contest for the for this beer release. So if you want to, oh. you can win a trip to the hot field. And kind of do whatever they do up there. Oh. Uh, well, it's pretty cool, actually. Nice. So we'll we'll get into all that oh, yeah. uh, in just a little bit. But right. uh, yeah, thanks uh, everybody for uh, you know tuning in. And um, if you guys want to support great radio like this, support all of our sponsors. That's really all you got to do, man. Uh, listen up over the next couple hours, and uh, you know pick out a couple sponsors and go shopping, man. Come on, who doesn't want to go shopping, right? Um, specifically, like at places like More Beer, who bring you this show. They're the title sponsor of the session. They've been here since before we even had, excuse me, a show called the session. Um, they're here for great radio. They're they're here for great beer, and uh, yeah. you know uh, they're send, good folks. Yeah, send them for their email, uh, and then they'll push their specials to you. And oh, I, you know, go. I you know I buy from, I just buy a lot of things from them because they go on special. They're like, oh yeah, I use that. I need more of that, or I've always won one of those. So yeah, oh like the deal of the day kind of yeah, deal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, you know, I finally I finally got a chance to get out to their new production facility <laughs> or their new warehouse. It, it I'll tell you what. First of all, you you feel like you're you're in one of those uh horror movies where you're driving along a country road and anything can happen. Mm-hmm. Like one of the crazy like inbreds will shoot out your tire. It's so you know they can kill you. That's the progression of the movie cuz it's out in the middle of fucking nowhere. Yeah. Like you have to kind of drive through this residential area then make the U-turn like under a a bridge, an, under an overpass and then continue down and there's fields everywhere, but it's in this I mean ginormous complex. Like you, yeah. you it's so impossible to even explain, but uh, yeah, Chris Graham was out. I'm just brewing, so come on by. And he has like a brew room, and he's doing his whole oh, nice. thing. And nice. like, uh, it's cool to see him be able to get back to what he likes to do, which is just brew and dick around and try new stuff out. I mean, yeah. I guess we all like to do that, but oh, that's great. I mean, it's massive. Darren has a golf cart. No, no, it's, that's ac- how, it's no, it's acres. Yeah. under roof. Yeah, that, that, then, yeah, that's how big it is. No, I've, I've been a golf lot of, carts in my computer career. I did a lot of work in warehouses like that. And always required that they have a, a means of transportation because, like, you know, whether you're doing your work is one end of the place and where you got to go back and do something, you know. Yeah, you need transportation because they're so big. It takes forever. Yeah. It's crazy, man. It's so crazy. It's, it's uh, I don't know, but uh, God bless them, man. More beer, they're, uh, they're, they're kicking ass. And uh, they're sponsoring. Pro- That's what they do. They do two things: they kick ass and they sponsor the Brewing Network. Yeah, and we love them. We love them dearly for uh, for that. Speaking of asses, there's a big ass uh, beer fest in Norway called the What's Brewing Fest. It's the third annual. It's from October 20th to the 23rd, and Justin and Tasty will both be there. Uh, and there's a fat brewery list, so check it out. I believe it's whatbrewing.no, I think is the uh, the email. You, you get your, uh, did you get a hold of those dudes, by the way? Yeah. Okay. All set. All right. All set. Oh. Everything's squared away. All squared away. Okay, good. It'll be a great trip. Can't wait to see everybody there. Yeah, that's uh, that's exciting, man. Yeah. That's, uh, I, I think you're going to have a good time. Why not? It's Bring beer, back. Beer and brewers. What the take hell? a bunch of photos. Photos. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. photos, man. We want to see what's going on and what's yeah. doing up there. I was thinking about maybe doing an interview or something, an audio interview. Yeah? Yeah, just give that a try. Okay. What would you, uh, do you have questions ready? Mostly or? about dick sizes. I mean, I know I'd talk about yeah. their beer and their brewery and stuff like well, that. Well, no, dick sizes I just assumed. You know. Yeah. Yeah. That would, yeah, that's just when guys start out. And, uh, yeah, uh, just find out what they're up to, how they got where they are, and uh, you know, maybe talk about one of the beers uh, that I'm having of theirs or something like that. Okay. That's cool. Like on uh, like on video or just audio? Well, I was thinking about, uh, yeah, maybe doing video. I'd have to get uh, my assistant to... Uh, I'm sure I can find somebody to do that for me. You just get a tripod, man. 
Tripod. Tripod and a uh, thing. There you go. Oh, I mean, you that, yeah. static right. shot. With those tabletop tripods and then uh, just... Uh, yeah. You don't need to do much. So do you want to practice on me? Because I like this version of you. I like this this content. I'm going to wing it. The content creator is 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 emerging from from deep within your your THC crusted soul. Well, when I um, I, you know when I go and uh, as a BN person, I want to you know I want to maybe you know generate generate something other people can at least you know see what I saw or something like that. Yeah, Yeah. get your take on it. Tasty's take. Yeah, there it is. Tasty's Tasty's take. take. And what's the tasty? I kind of need a theme song. Whatever, I can see this happening. What will be your theme tasty song? Tasty Steak of the Week. Like it has to have banjo in it or a ukulele. It could just be a little, uh, you know, personal experience I had for the week. But it could also be an yeah. interview. You know, something. Yeah, it could be me. Uh, so I went to St. Drake's anniversary party or something like that. Uh-huh. And I, you know, talk about what I did there and what I, who I talked to. And yeah. Little facts and stuff like that. Yeah, I think that would be that would be. So it's like a blog without the work. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, which it's I like. having to write. Which I like. Yeah, there's no blank page. Just, <laughs> no, just dead air. Yeah, there's no... And you know what? Honestly, I'm fine with a little dead air. It's a little cushion. No, no. That's well, fine. I, yeah, yeah. I'm all right with yeah, it. I'm more comfortable just talking like I'm in a room with a bunch of people talking over beer. Yeah. Rather than on a microphone. When in actuality, it's literally just you and me yeah. again. again. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of which... I don't hear doctor or anybody chiming in here. Well, so Warren... Where are those guys? Warren texted me. He said there's two accidents. So right now, oh, he's yeah, coming yeah. from Los Gatos, man. And like the worst... It's one of the worst commutes in the Bay Area, 680 North at that commute oh, time. Know, yeah. And uh, so I give, him, uh, I give him a little slack because uh, he can't predict that. And the doc just texted me. Accidents you don't know, right? But Warren texted me at a reasonable time, like 5 o'clock. Oh, was sorry. day drinking today. He probably didn't know. He thought he could do it. Probably. And it's also raining. It's like the first rain, so right. people are extra Panicked. stupid. Right. Yeah, traffic will be a mess. But this is what Doc texts me, and I hope he's listening because uh, sometimes Doc fucking pisses me off, and he knows it. Gonna be a bit late tonight. Oh. I'm a full time dad for a while. That was four minutes ago. So you don't know that you're gonna be a full time dad for a while. Four minutes, or uh, uh, what? Would that well, be six minutes after? Uh, the show starts that you're supposed to be on that you know no. that nobody's going to be at. No, if you've got kids, they're they're pretty much like you're uh, you're uh, they're you know you please call them dispatch. They're fucking like hey, I need to be picked up. I need to be taken there. They both drive. No, well, he sounds like he. he uh, oh, that's right. They do. They're teenagers. One of oh. them isn't even at home anymore, is he? No, he's at he's college. He's I'm only a full time dad with a parent well, maybe of a child over the, 16 that has a car. Maybe he's talking about what the age range he's dating is. I was just going to say, maybe he's talking about his girlfriend. <laughs> I'm a full time dad. <laughs> she needs to be taken to the mall to hang maybe out with her friends. Maybe it's Rosanna. <laughs> Rosanna. <laughs> oh my God. Do you want to fuck with Doc? What? All right. I don't care. The show's going to come to a screeching halt, and I don't give a fuck. Let's call, let's call Doc, and we're just going to do nothing but play Rosanna. Yeah. Let's first ask what bar he's in. <laughs> right. Well, and you know that's what he's doing. Like, I'm not stupid. I saw him post today he was at a bar. Yeah, he was drinking at, uh, yeah, with Kate. Yeah. So I, I, I'm not an idiot. You know what I mean? No, no. We know. We do the same shit. But yeah, we know how it rolls. We know how it happens. Okay. So let's call Doc now. Uh, All right. Phone. Get him on the phone. He's going to fucking hate it, and I'm going to love it because he's going to hate it so much. We should, why, are we, why are we calling him just to check on him? Or, uh, get a real ETA because we can, we're going to schedule the show around. No, I'm not going to say shit. We're just going to play Rosanna. Oh, I see. 
throughout the night yeah and uh <laughs> i think he was i think he was like letting other people hear it yeah he was like because <laughs> uh, everybody knows his fucking disdain for toto <clears throat> which i don't get i mean i guess i get but the worst song in the world has to be africa i've heard that song so many times it's terrible well i don't know what, what do you most know? of the music i listen to is in my car yeah if i don't like it i don't listen to it like if I'm at a concert in a bar or a bar, I don't have any control over that. Right. Yeah. yeah. When I do have control. I just, you know. You just, you, I don't you go to that, that many control. concerts. And in a bar, you can't hear any music anyway. That's true. I think, I, you know, sometimes I think the music in bars is just for the bartenders. I think it's to make sure everybody's yelling oh, loud is. enough to, you know, to get thirsty. Or you know, I read, some, I read an article um, that music actually skews how, how beer tastes to you. Ooh. Like they're getting this weird... You know, well, the, no, no, the, the, they're finding like a parallel between the two things. I mean, your brain's a pretty complicated device, but I mean, you start having a lot of stimulation. Yeah, I mean, it's it not an iPhone. It's not. your focus on the on the sensory, other sensors. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of focus, uh, have you guys heard about the free Brew, uh, Brew Guru app from the American Homebrew Association? Oh, yeah, I have. It's built for homebrewers and beer lovers. Brew, uh, Brew Guru delivers sage brewing knowledge and money saving details at breweries, beer bars, and homebrew supply shops. The American Homebrewers Association designed this powerful mobile app to help homebrewers and craft beer lovers explore the wide world of beer we all share. With BrewGuru, you can effortlessly find details, uh, excuse me, deals and save money on beer, food, and brewing supplies. Level up your brew IQ with hand-picked articles, proven recipes, and trusted resources from the American Home Brewers Association and Zymergy Magazine. And use the powerful brewery locator to find nearby breweries, taprooms, beer bars, homebrew supply shops, and brew pubs wherever you are. BrewGuru will lead you to good beer. You can get the app today. It is free for the iPhone, iPad, Android, all that kind of stuff. You can learn more at homebrewersassociation.org. I did it. Great device. Yeah, I like it. It's pretty good. I was at Russian River yesterday, and it reminded me that they have happy hour pricing. All oh, the really? Time for homebrewers. And did you forget? Did, and you forgot that, and you're like, "Well, shit." Well, it didn't matter <laughs> for two reasons. Okay. One's the obvious. The other is that oh, Sunday is all day happy hour anyway. At the oh, okay. So. But it's still a good point. Like, no, if I was there on a Tuesday, and I, uh, I had some friends that were there, and they. They didn't uh, have the app, but they were thrilled that yeah they had the the HGA card. Well, yeah, I mean, and they we, got you know it's like three twenty five a pint or something. Dude, like that. we get so many people you know, going where do you, we're we're coming into town. Of course, we're going to Russian River, yeah. but now it it reminds you, hey, by the way, you, be, you, if you bring your fucking card, get your card for that. Now yeah. with this app, you don't need to. You don't you're, need to. If you're a registered member, it brings up your card on the screen right next to the offer. That's and right. Show, and if the server doesn't know your what you're up to, you just show them the phone. You go, here's my card, here's the offer. Yeah, it's real legit. It's on the internet, right. look at it. See, it's real. Too legit to quit, that's what I've always said. Yeah. All right, let's do some feedback. 
excuse me, I'm burping, man. This is from Clint. If you remember, Clint lit into Beardy last week for uh, not knowing his kombucha history or whatever it was. He says, <laughs> yeah. he says, thanks for reading my feedback. I actually didn't know about the Lindsay Lohan kombucha controversy or uh, controversy, if you're uh, in England. Uh, what can I say? When I see her name in the news, I instantly mentally block it. Ha ha. I don't know why. Lindsay Lohan's amazing. Uh, thanks for setting me straight on the 2 to 3 ABV kombucha. It sounds like a lot of discrepancy arose from non-cold storage of the final bottled product. And since there's a live culture in the bottle, it would end up fermenting more and creating more alcohol than the brewer intended. No, mm. man. You don't understand. It was on the fucking label like that. But whatever. It only creates alcohol if there's if something there for it to eat. Right? Yeah. Uh, anyhow, Beardy still sucks and talks out of his ass most of the time. Winky smiley face. Not a beardy can. Beardy's oh, here. Perfect. Beardy, Speak perfect timing, bro. Perfect timing, my friend. Of course it is. <laughs> uh, your friend, your buddy Clint, your best buddy Clint just called, or just yeah, wrote in for just, feedback. Oh, yeah, Clayton. He's sending more uh, insults. <laughs> yeah, Clayton, that's Clayton. right, yeah. Um, and he basically skirted the issue, but then says, anyhow, Beardy still sucks and talks out of his ass most of the time. Winky smiley face. Winky. Uh, okay. So, if you wouldn't mind sitting on your ass and speaking out of your mouth from now on, that would be great. Well, I mean, that point I don't necessarily disagree with. All the points he made last week, I do. <laughs> right. Because I have facts. Right. Uh, this is from William. He says, uh, greetings, brewcasters and Bevo. As a longtime listener, whenever supplies and new equipment is needed for our home brewery, we seek out sponsors of the BN to do business with. Oh, William, thanks. I appreciate that, dude. It goes a long way. Um, in the past, I've gotten items from Warbeer and have been return customers because of price and speed of shipping. Now I can add excellent customer service to the list of positive reasons to deal with them. Had an issue with an item resulting in loss of a brew day to correct a uh, uh, loss of a brew day. I uh, emailed them about it, and the next day I received a call from Dave in sales. I'm assuming David won. But, uh, you know, I don't know. After apologizing for the issue, he explained that the situation was being reviewed by a quality assurance team. They have a a quality assurance team. Capital Q, capital A. Not just one person. No, a team. A whole team of people. A team of people. Uh, If you're one person, are you a team? Hmm. Like, no, because they even have bowling teams. And that's an individual sport, right? No, I guess it's not. I don't know. Uh, reviewed by a QA uh, team to stop it from happening again, but, but, but I was distressed that I lost a brew day because of it. Brewing being a hobby, losing a day wasn't earth-shattering, but he insisted on offering a discount on my next purchase, which I accepted. Since he's on the phone and you guys are constantly asking listeners to let show sponsors know you heard about them on the BN, I did. He said <laughs> that he knew Justin and JP personally, and if I sent in feedback to tell you, he said hi. I want all your listeners to know that More Beer really stands up for the customer and went beyond what I expected them to do. So the next time you have a choice of where to spend your money, use More Beer. You won't be disappointed. From William Mundy. Uh, you know, I, I really like those kind of stories. Um, but I, I can assure you that everybody who advertises on the Brewing Network is equally great. And, uh, you know, we have other fine homebrew sponsors as well. But uh, this is a great example of why More Beer is where they are today, man. Customer service. I remember way back when that was the, the focus uh, over anything. Mm-hmm. Customer service. Uh, next one is from someone called Guard. And it's a Norwegian kind of thing, so I'm going to butcher the shit out of this email. Uh, Hi. First of all, I would like to thank you for both information and entertainment in your various podcasts, which I usually listen to while brewing and cleaning. I'm writing to you in the capacity of being the brewmaster at... 
Bryggerhuset. B r y g g e r h u s e t. Bryggerhuset. Right? Close enough. Saddam yep. Hussein Pilot Brewery, which is the experimental part of Aspergeri. A A S S. They're super like an old. You know the name. You've seen them. Uh, Norway's oldest brewery. Aus. Aus. Probably Aus. Yeah, I don't want to say ass. I believe it's Aus. I think it's Aus or something like that, right? I'm so stupid. Uh, Since August last year, we've produced more than 60 batches in the Pilot Brewery, as well as four scaled-up beers that are either released or will be released shortly in both bottle and cans. Uh, And he goes on to describe some of those. Um, Before I got this job, which is obviously my dream job, I was a teacher in middle school and an avid home brewer with good results in national homebrew competitions, one gold and two bronze in 2014. Yeah, that's pretty good, dude. Uh, The the main reason for writing you now is to announce that we have started a barrel aging program (laughs) in cooperation with the Cognac House, Bach Gabrielson. As I understood from the podcast, some of you will be in Norway for what's brewing in October. We're not attending this year, but I would hereby, this is a declaration, an official Norwegian declaration, Tasty, but I would hereby invite you to Drammen, which is where they are, to give you a tour of the brewery and an opportunity to sample some of our beers, both from the Pilot Brewery and the regular lineup. For instance, Ausbach. If you're able to fi- uh, fit this in your schedule, Drammen is about 30 minutes outside of Oslo. I look forward to hearing from you and hope uh, you are welcome. Yeah, I'm in, a ca- to in a car. able to welcome you in person. Sincerely yours. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I I can't pronounce a single word after sincerely yours, but uh, I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah. So I sent it to you and I sent this Jay, and if you guys want to reach out to this guy, yeah. you know, go for it. I'll, I'll look up where it's at and uh, see uh, what transportation is like. Probably cold. I assume it'd be on wheels. Some sort of <laughs> by mountain goat, maybe sleds. Who knows? Maybe four legs. Norway. Who knows? It's gonna be by you know, boat. We're gonna find out. Oh, yeah. A lot of water there. The <laughs> chat room suggested you read that. Email in Chechnyan, and it would have made more sense. <laughs> you know, it probably would have. Norwegian and Chechnyan, that could be. The main reason for writing you now was to announce that we have started a barrel aging program in Chechnya in cooperation. Uh, I can't do it. It does sound more. <laughs> it sounds more authentic. More legible. Or, uh, <laughs> I was like, well, understand I understand. Hard right. yeah. uh, Okay, and then finally, spam of the week. Hello. Hello. Uh, how are you doing today, and how was your night? I hope you had a good one. (laughs) Don't wake up with the regret of what you couldn't accomplish yesterday. Wake up thinking about what you will be able to achieve today. My name is Jamie Smith, and I came across your email while searching for an old friend of mine, and I would love the opportunity to get to know you only if you feel comfortable. If you're not comfortable, then please ignore my message. Have a great day. I mean, now, now, what a wonderful way to open up spam. Yeah. It's a very positive message. It's very yeah. inviting, very disarming. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, he wants to get hey, to know you. If you feel comfortable with it. But only if you feel comfortable. Right. Right? I think maybe, Beardy, I think we're, we're, we're seeing the, the, the halcyon days of spam, right? Where mm-hmm. gone are the super, uh, you know, fishy emails or like they try to fool you right you know what i mean like this guy's just laying it out there dude and who doesn't need a friend maybe tasty probably doesn't but i think tasty if i could suggest jamie sounds like a cool dude yeah sounds like a trump supporter the golden girls theme song playing in the background (laughs) thank you for being a friend (laughs) speaking of theme songs do you have the banjo music 
No, I don't have the banjo music, but... Oh, we're doing this new fun thing. Yeah, we're doing this new... Oh, it sounds fun. It's the new hotness. It's the new hotness, dude. You're calling in somewhere? Not just somewhere. Not just somewhere, Warren. I'm not going to make it in because he wrote like six minutes after the show started. I'm a full-time dad now. I might not make it in, mm. which we all took that to mean I'm super drunk and I'm not going to make Just it. Stay off. Well, no. I'm doing other shit. Bryson is with him. <laughs> okay. so. Great. Yeah. Great. He is dadding right He's now. He's a designated driver. I'm sure he is. But uh, so now we're calling and just playing Toto. Hmm. How many times have you done that today? That's the second. Nice. I mean, I don't want to wear it out. No. No. I mean... He probably listened to about a second of it. <laughs> no, he's on the oh, whole he, fucking time laughing. <laughs> so, you know, that's how that's how that goes. Uh, okay, I'll tell you what. Let's take a break. And then we're going to be back on with uh, Daniel from Lake Hastor. I'm really excited about this brewery, dude. Um, well, I'll tell you all about how I heard about him uh, after, the, after the break. Anyway, it's a session, everyone. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. I promise. Listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. The 21st Amendment. Watch out! Do you like beer? They make beer. Watch out! Do you like friends and fun? They make friends and fun. Watch out! Do you still like to have a good time? The 21st Amendment. Watch out! The 21st Amendment in San Francisco, located at 563 2nd Street, two blocks from the building where baseball is seen and played. Try their beers in the pub or try them in the can, featuring... Monk's Blood. Made with real monk. Watch out! So why not have the best time of your life? Go to the 21A and Sean O'Sullivan will personally greet you with a can of... Monk's Blood. The 21st Amendment. Watch out! This advertisement is not in any way affiliated nor associated with the 21st Amendment Bar and Pub, nor its subsidiaries or affiliates. This telecast is not copywritten by the 21st Amendment for the private use of the Brewing Network. Any use of this telecast without Jamil Zanishev's consent is prohibited. Suck it, JP. The Vault. Created by White Labs. 
The Vault is a collection of new, creative, and unique yeast strains from around the world. These strains have never been available to homebrewers. Most have not even been available to professionals. You have the power to release the yeast. Through The Vault, White Labs is giving you the power to decide which strains are put into production and giving you the opportunity to brew with these strains. Visit whitelabs.com slash the vault and pre-order the yeast strain of your choice and encourage your friends to do the same. Once 250 pre-orders have been achieved, White Labs will put that strain into production. The strain will be mailed directly to your doorstep, ready to make the beer you've always wanted to brew. This program was created with the home brewer in mind. White Labs is relying on you to help release these strains, which may blaze the way for future new and unique beers. Help release the yeast. Visit whitelabs.com slash the vault. Brewing Great Beer is a process of continuous learning, and the best books on every aspect of brewing can be found at Brewers Publications, with more than 50 awesome titles like Modern Homebrew Recipes by Gordon Strong, Designing Great Beers, The Ultimate Guide to Brewing Classic Beer Styles by Ray Daniels, American Sour Beers, Innovative Techniques for Mixed Fermentations by Michael Tonsmeyer, For the Love of Hops, The Practical Guide to Aroma, Bitterness, and the Culture of Hops by Stan Hieronymus and Radical Brewing Recipes, Tales, and World Altering Meditations in a Glass by Randy Mosher, plus many, many more. These are the books and the authors with the knowledge to push your brewing farther than you thought possible. And you'll find them all at fine homebrew and book retailers everywhere. And visit the website at BrewersPublications.com. Brewers Publications, all the best on beer and brewing. Since the first time the Brewing Network microphones turned on, More Beer was behind it. More Beer sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing. And like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. MoreBeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order. MoreBeer.com also gives you access to free beer information that will make you a better brewer. Go to MoreBeer.com and click into the Learning Center. You'll find podcasts, technical facts, video tutorials, and more, including access to The Buzz, More Beer's social network of more than 5,000 members. And some of them might even be crazier about beer than you are. Get over to MoreBeer.com today and take advantage of The Buzz, The Forum, The Learning Center, and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest More Beer catalog. More Beer, bringing you absolutely everything for beer making. Marin Brewing Company in Northern California has been making award-winning beers for more than 25 freaking years. Today, I want to tell you about their new 12-ounce cans of Mount Tam Pale Ale. The good stuff, Mount Tam is bright gold, 5.5% ABV to keep you feeling good, and has been winning awards since 1989. If you're visiting the Bay Area, get your butt out to Marin Brewing Company. They pour tasty beers and serve great food every day until midnight. Come in for a tour, stay for the food, and pick up a six-pack of cans of Mount Tam Pale Ale to enjoy at home, camping, biking, or whatever the hell you do. Owner Brandon Moylan has this to say about Marin Brewing Beers. It's freaking awesome. Marin Brewing has won more than 100 gold medals in international competitions. Check out MarinBrewing.com for all their award-winning beers, food, and merch. Marin Brewing Company in Larksburg, California. Award-winning taste, refreshing finish. It's freaking awesome. <laughs> 
podcasters are back. It is a 401 beer. Whatever. All right. Thanks, everybody, for sticking with us. Before we get to our guest, I want to tell you guys about Great Fermentations, the fine folks over there. Uh, They have the largest catalog of Blickman products on the web, and their staff is some of the best trained in the business in using Blickman products. They offer top-notch customer service, same-day shipping on many items. Check them out at greatfermentations.com, and be sure to like them on Facebook at GR8 Fermentation, and find them on Instagram and Twitter as GR8 Fermentation. Greatfermentations.com. We like those people, too. We like everybody today. Every, it's one of those it's shows, man. It's just a man. great day to be alive. <laughs> yeah. Huh. It's one of those shows where uh, we like everybody, and and I'm okay with that. Huh. I guess. Roseanne. Oh, shit. I uh, I, no, no, no. I thought about having a cue, but I think it's too soon also. I think it's too soon. But I want him so he expects it. That's <laughs> right. like torch. Like torch. Uh, well, and for him, it, it is. Well, and he might start to recognize the number. Uh, yeah, I think you, maybe you might give him too much credit. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Anyway, on the phone right now, we have our friend Dan. Dan, are you with us, my friend? I am. I'm right here. Perfect. Thank you for joining us. I know. Hey, you're, so you're in Quebec, right? Or near Quebec or somewhere? <laughs> you're somewhere. You're, you're, on the, you're on Earth, right? Oh, man. I'm, yeah, I'm skyrocketing, though. I just had a coffee because I was falling asleep. It's late out here, oh. right? Yeah, it's, where are you? You're like three hours away, right, or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. yeah. I just put the kids to bed. It's a good thing I didn't fall asleep with them, so <laughs> I made it out of the room alive. That's the main thing. That's the main thing, man. That's the, you got, you got to make it out. you got to make it out alive, man, if not for their sake, for yours, you know? That's the best you can hope for, is just to get out of the room. <laughs> I, think that's par- I, think, I think that's parenting just in general. Yeah. Overall, you just want to make it out of parenting alive. At the end, <laughs> at the end if you're the alive, day. you did it. You did it right. You kind of want both parties to make it out alive. The kids, too, I guess. Both yeah. parents? No. Or? Well, sure, but the kids, too. Wait, there's a party? <laughs> no one told me there was a party at for, the end. for parenting, man. When they move out. <laughs> All right, so, Dan, you are the brewer at Lake Castor, or is it Microbrasserie Lake Castor? How do you... What's the full... Well, yeah, the pretty good, pretty good. Um, Le Castor, um, singular. Le Le Castor would be plural, but I mean that's good too because we are. There's more than one person. Wait, hold on a second. Explain that difference again to me because I'm very slow. You want to learn French? So Le is is plural, right? Like many, and then Le is the singular masculine. Okay, and then La is the singular feminine. So La, you were close. You were very close. So not Le La. Look. Yeah, Le Castor. Le Castor. How okay. is Le spelt then? L-E-S. Oh. oh French is so dumb. <laughs> silent S. Oh, dude. Like we yes. don't have those in the argument. Silent yeah, right. letters. Oh, God. Silent T, silent D, silent yeah, S's. Yeah. They're, all, they're all silent half the time. Oh. And then you have, it takes you a lot of time to figure out when they're silent. It's very yeah. situational, I would imagine. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> it's like, why is a table a girl? <laughs> why is it very and feminine why is a stick a boy? Nice well that actually makes sense um, <laughs> right uh yeah who knows you know language is weird man language is very weird and how how it kind of evolves and whatever and uh the silent the silent letters mess with me dude mm. uh, as you as you as you heard 
just right now. But you guys are you guys are close to to Mexico down there. You must you must know some Spanish. Yeah, a, a, a little bit of Spanish, uh-huh. um, but you know mainly how to pronounce San Jose, and uh, you know that's <laughs> so about just it. American <laughs> well done, well done. I don't think Spanish has any silent letters either. Uh, I don't know. They sound different, but I, don't, I think, I think the J is pretty all. much not. You don't say ever say the J, do you? It's a ha. Huh. No, it's like an H sound. Softer, yeah. Habanero. <laughs> Thanks for the proof, Ward. <laughs> Slam dunk. <laughs> I appreciate the example that you just gave for everybody. To... <laughs> All right. Google pronounce. Yeah. Jalapeno. This... <laughs> uh, whatever. Anyway, sorry about this, Daniel. We're already off the rails, man. <laughs> Is it over? It's that's, over. That's you did great. I think all your beers were fantastic. No, I'm kidding. Uh, so explain to me a little bit about uh, about your role at Le Castor, please. Well, I'm co-owner and brewer. Um, so, um, yeah, I'm responsible for production, brewing. Um, I'm not... I'm not doing a lot of work production right now, um, but for the you know for the first year, I was um, the brewer, um, and then we slowly added you know good brewers to the team. So um, you know day to day, it's it's basically managing the production process uh, from A to Z and trying to you know plan where we're going basically. Um, okay. Recipe recipe development, you know, trying trying to work on the next beers coming down the line, that kind of stuff. Okay, and where are you exactly? Well, we're we're just outside Montreal, so okay. that's a good landmark. Um, yeah. We're about forty minutes west, so between Montreal and Ottawa. Okay. Um, yeah, so we're we're um, we're in a good scene. I mean, the Quebec the Quebec beer scene is 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 pretty good. I don't know. I'm curious to know what you know your guys' perception or impression would be of the Quebec beer scene, but it's a pretty it's very vibrant. Um, you know, we, we're pretty developed for a small population. We've got about 150 breweries and brew pubs in Quebec, which is, you know, you have our entire population of our country in California. Uh, <laughs> so that's, you know, in Quebec, oh, geez, I don't even know what the numbers are, but maybe we're six million or something, six or seven, six to eight million in Quebec. Wow. Um, so and, and, you know, we've got the same proliferation of, of breweries going on that I imagine you guys still do uh, down California. Like there's just dozens and dozens of new ones uh, coming it's, online every year. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't think the rate of, uh, of, inc- of uh, new breweries is related to California or anything. It's just worldwide, I think. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, and, in, and in Canada, there's places like where like the, the beer scene in Canada, I think, is is known to be, you know, there's Quebec is, is an epicenter for sure in Canada and then BC. Um, but it's where a lot of the opportunities and where we're going to see a lot of growth, I think coming up is the places that we don't hear about a lot, like the prairies, yeah. Saskatchewan, Manitoba, yeah. out East, little, little tiny provinces like PEI and, and, you know, smaller provinces like Nova Scotia, New Brunswick. So Ooh, I know PEI, yeah. Prince Edward Island. Yeah, you see? got it. God, I'm so smart. Well, you, you don't really need like a huge population to uh, support a brewery. I mean, you were in no. a, a town or a county or you know an area that had like fifty thousand people. You could probably you know uh, run in like a ten hectoliter uh, brew house. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it was it, there was there was a post like that just the other day online, and it was um, a guy who put up the the towns left in Quebec and their and the highest population towns that didn't yet have a brew pub in them. Yeah. 
Um, oh, wow. And, you know, some of them, some of them are, you know, 100,000 people, 80,000 people, 60,000 oh, people. It's, it was kind of an interesting list because it's like, yeah, every one of those places oh. could happily support one, if not two brew pubs. Did, did, so that, where, do you have did that person happen to sell stainless steel equipment? Because that's, <laughs> that's how you get easy customers. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> well, a large number of the home breweries I know are starting breweries. Uh, is home yeah. brewing like, so say, for instance, one of these underserved uh, Two hundred thousand uh, people re- resident uh, kind of places. What they may, reason to me the reason they don't have a brewery is there's no home brewer there with a dream to to open a brewery. Well, there's a lot. I mean, you know, I and mean, we we came from that background too. I'm, you know, I have a business partner, and you know, he and I came to to brewing kind of a funny direction. We we uh, we originally had a business together doing traditional timber frame carpentry. Um, I, I, you know, you guys probably know what that is. You know, sure. traditional squared timber, and it's all pegged together with no, mortise and tenons. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. No screws allowed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You no know, it's, it's, it's yeah. really artisanal. It's really traditional. And, you know, he and I went to Europe. We, we did our apprenticeships there. We learned the old school methods. Wow. wow. And um, it, was, it was actually in Scotland where we lived learning this that we got into um, whiskey, uh, which is not surprising. <laughs> there's alcohol People are yeah fight, in 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 spades and 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 also real ale so this is like back in oh. 19 1999 sort of 2000 so what were you drinking before you found this real ale like um well i was that was the beginning of like the whole craft beer journey yeah, yeah, for my partner and i well, we, we a lot of people from canada moosehead moosehead right molson's yeah. for sure yeah exactly like like sleeman's was pretty exotic because it came in a clear bottle you know we were it was it was bad in the in the mid 90s up here it was you know there wasn't a lot there were some some really good pioneering breweries um you know like mccausland and other places like judiciel's brew pub was coming online in the mid 90s i think but you know i was i was out of it i was oblivious to that so it was really moving away and going to a place like england and scotland and they didn't have these kind of beers there and getting into the real ale scene and yeah. like, what is this semi-flat, semi-warm, weird <laughs> thing in my hand? And just and being blown away by it. Yeah. Um, so we, we got into, you know, doing the, the whiskey distillery tours as we were doing our apprenticeships oh, over there on weekends. Nice. We'd do the tours. We'd uh, visited a couple breweries. And we're, you know, like everyone else, I think the first time you go into a distillery or brewery, you're kind of you're kind of smacked in the face with the smell of the mash and everything. And you're kind of blown away with all the steel and you're just it's it has it makes an impression on you so we were kind of like oh that would be wouldn't that be wicked to make whiskey or something like that someday and then we just shelved that idea for years because we came back moved back started our timber frame construction business and we did that for um you know a good seven eight years and it, it was only because we had fell onto some tricky times the the, the recession remember that hit in 08 yeah that that kind of really You're welcome rattled, for that. Our, rattled our cage as a construction <laughs> business. We lost some contracts, and then all of a sudden we had nothing to do. And we had this big workshop we were hanging out and waiting for the phone to ring, literally. And we're like, well, we have time to brew. We always wanted to do that. Um, and that's where it started was like back in 09. So we're, oh, wow. you know, we're relatively new to brewing. Yeah, and even home brewing. Yeah, wow. So it you- was basically that 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 free time that unwanted free time we had from construction (laughs) we we were like googling and listening to the brewing network and all this stuff and and trying to figure out how to make a five gallon system and that's where it started and literally with batch number one we tried to recreate it like an esb a british you know nice traditional british uh pint yeah man you couldn't get you when to make yeah 
Yeah, absolutely couldn't get this, could not get this beer, especially where we live out here, because we're not in Montreal. We're, we're 40 minutes outside of it. Um, there was nothing in the stores here, uh, even seven years ago. And uh, the first batch was just dumb luck, I guess, but it, it came off. It was amazing. And I was just like, we're gonna, we got to start a brewery. We have to that do was, this. That was your epiphany right then, one batch? For batch one, dude, when, I, <laughs> okay. when we were mashing in, I was like, what right. are we doing? This is we're it. Drinking. You fell in love. Right. We're can-do guys. Like so that. you hadn't even tasted it, and you're like, this is, this is, <laughs> nope. this is, my, this is our plan moving forward. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. But everyone's, you say that, right? You brew right. your first, but how many homebrewers say that? When, Everybody, when you dude. Every, Every, throw a well, rock in know, a homebrew club. My, everyone's saying it, at least, at least entertaining everyone. it. At least entertaining the idea. Oh, for sure. And because it's, it's the eureka moment. It's, it's, yeah. it's like when you, whether it's construction or music or, 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 or in the kitchen or brewing beer, it's that creative moment when it comes together and you're like, I just made this, well, you know, and, 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 and it's, it's intense. It's really satisfying. And everybody wants to do the thing that they love to do, the thing that they're passionate about. To a certain extent, that, you know, that's great, but at some point, you know, it becomes it, it, the, the, the work side rears its ugly head and then people kind of fall out of love with it to a certain extent. But Uh-oh. that's that search, right? That passion um, is Uh-oh. kind of what drives us all to, to be in this industry and do this thing, you know, is like uh, um, um, find out what, what we want to do. Find out what, what, what motivates us, what makes us happy. And, uh, well, that, you know, that's exactly it. You stumbled and, and, upon it. You know, we've been so lucky to, you know, with the construction, the traditional framing, and then the beer, the, it, we're so lucky to do what we're passionate about for a living because it's just so fun to go into work every day. But, you know, there's there's a lot of steps between, you know, homebrewing and running a successful brewery in between that will oh, yeah. pound the enthusiasm <laughs> yeah. out of you. Like, well, like look, just, well, you, the, the wood timber thing like, was so lucrative. I don't, I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, you guys didn't even know what a screw gun was you guys for eight how to years. Get Come by. on. Well, when, it, when, when we started the brewery, you mean? Well, I'm just saying you guys came from like a... Uh, like a low revenue sort of like I assume your business wasn't that good, so it wasn't like yeah. you had a, like a large you know you're willing oh, to put the work no. in to do it get to get it done. I'm saying yeah, no, you weren't you weren't a stranger to labor. Yeah, no, well, that was the one thing. Like we were, you know, we brought from from that industry just um, sounds cheesy, but this like we can do this kind oh, of attitude. Can like, do or do it yourself. It's like we built massive structures. We've we've yeah. done complex engineering like we think we can do this. We can build a brewery and we can, we, we can do this. But I mean, um, the hurdles between, you know, home brewing and, and going commercial are insane. They have to almost be lived to be believed. Oh yeah. Dan, and, I, we, and, yeah, we hear that all the time and people we have on the show. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, so that's it. And so you've got to, you happens. know, some, some people, you're probably going to be a lot happier just home brewing and, and making wicked beer and sharing it with your <laughs> friends because so much of what you do when you're on a brewery, um, you know, is not that, creative awesome inspiring feeling you get when you're making good homebrew it's it's, it's more work it's a, than fun so yeah it's not fun anymore it's more work. you know crap that you got to deal with yeah. and you know it, but it, but that was to me that was like the the gut check every month like we had problems launching our brewery uh the town didn't you know know what to make of it um we were blocked on several fronts, like every month there was a huge roadblock thrown in front of us and jeopardizing the project. Mm-hmm. And every morning, you know, we just wake up and say, well, it's not going away. Like the desire to start this brewery is not going away. We have to start this brewery. We have to start this brewery. So That's great. it was a good, it was a good test. Like by the time we even got 
to our permit, our, our, you know, officially we have a permit. We hadn't even released a beer yet. We felt like we'd been, you know, through the trenches for several years. Was, <laughs> like, Holy cow. Now we get to lose money for a year and a half. Yeah, <laughs> that's, dude. That's, is that, is that what you guys were projecting on your, did you have a business plan? Uh, did you, how, how, yep. how into it did you map this out? Oh yeah, we had to, because we wanted to like, see, we have Quebec's pretty good that way. Like we have these little, um, government, um, you know, business development agencies and they, they, they come and sit down with you and work with you and they'll, you know, they gave us a, a small loan in the beginning. They help us work with, um, well, the banks wouldn't touch us. That was pretty clear. Hmm. Even, even though we had this other little business, the, the, basically our construction business was the engine. It was the thing oh. that subsidized. But you kept that going. Uh, the, 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 the operation of the brewery. Cause we had, um, about a 6,000 square foot building for the, for the construction and we stole 2,000 square feet of it. We put a wall up, and then that was the brewery in that 2,000 feet. So the construction business really subsidized everything. But we, we had you know little government agencies working with us. You had to have a full three-year prospectus, a full business plan, like 50-page business plan. You know, we were, you know, drawing a lot of inspiration from the U.S., from the smaller breweries, because our original plan was to go nano. And so I was following guys oh. like Hess Brewing on, online. I was following guys like Two Beers up, uh, up in the Pacific Northwest. I was, you know, getting inspired by guys like Lawson's, like really small brew houses. Um, so that was the plan originally was to start in like 600 square feet as a nano. And then once we started crunching the numbers and, and realizing, well, if you do well, you're going to be swapping the nano out within six months so that you can hopefully, you know, be right. profitable someday. So right. why don't we just try to start a little bit bigger than a nano? And, and that's what we ended up doing. We ended up getting a 10-barrel brew house, which is, all, which is all we have today. See, and, and that's great because, you know, we, we do hear this from a lot of people either, you know, in the chat or on the forums. Like, hey, I really want to do this nano, uh, but, you know, I just, I, I don't know, but it's my dream. And we've had a few uh, people come on and be like, why would you ever start that small? You know, mm. I, th- I think I think it, it makes sense yeah. on paper. It makes sense with your funds, but like you said, after six months, we're going to be flipping this over, and and really, the amount of work you're sinking into it to get it up and running and to get all the plumbing, you're going to have to redo all that too, probably because it's a bigger footprint, I would imagine, and just it's a okay. whole it's a whole another mess of work that nobody wants to do. Yeah, there's I mean, there's two good reasons to do a nano. I mean, one is the one is if you're selling it all on site, right, by the glass okay. um, brew pub model. Or if you simply want to validate the brand and, and, and validate recipes and create a local following, like um, what I, I believe what like Hess Brewing did, I think they all I think they probably had day jobs or it looked like they did, uh-huh. and then and then they did that for a couple of years uh, on the nano system, had a nice loyal following, and then you know a few years in with that success, even though probably on paper from a financial standpoint, you know, wasn't, you know, doing much, um, they were able to, to, I guess, grow and, and invest in a bigger system. So, but yeah, we, we just like, we just thought, let's just go for the 10 barrel, but we were so deluded, man. We, we had no clue <laughs> what, what volume we needed to sell to be profit. We were just charging ahead with just that, you know, gleeful ignorance uh, yeah. of, of what it was going to take. We, we launched a commercial packaging and distributing brewery with two 12 hectoliter fermenters. That was our seller. And we're like standing there looking uh-huh. proudly at our 12 <laughs> fermenters, you know, and it's, and it's like, how many should you have had? Like how short well, were you? Another, another guy whose blog I was reading a lot at the time was, was Patrick Rue because he, um, he he has a lot of good information in that yeah. blog. He, no, did, yeah, he laid it all out there. From the brewery, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's yeah. been through it. And he um, 
he i remember vividly reading his blog one day and like pounding my fist on the computer saying no shut up i don't believe this (laughs) (laughs) why because his advice was contrary to what you were doing yeah his advice was your fuck it was his, his advice was flawless, but it was contrary to what I wanted to believe. And yeah. his he was saying, you know, I think he said you got to start with sixty to eighty barrels of of, of FVs. Otherwise, maybe you should um, think about some other type of um, uh, profession, like making mead. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, oh, you bastard! Like, how could <laughs> you say that to me? Yeah. Um, he's, so, he's so right. Though. He's not wrong. I, yeah. <laughs> He is 100% right, and I would actually say that he's spot on in terms of capacity. Um, we we yeah. didn't have a hope of being profitable until we had purchased, like, swapped out our little 12 heck ones and, and purchased massive 24 hectoliter, you know, 20 barrel fermenters. Um, okay. And we had, we had, let's say, three of them. So 60 to 80 barrels of fermentation was, wow. was kind of the turning point for our brewery, and that took almost a year and a half. Yeah. Um, okay, to, good. To yeah. get the seller to that big? Pardon me? To get the cellar to 80 to 90 barrels? Um, that took... Oh, that's a good question. Well, oh, man. If you could see the brewery where it started, it was in a garage. It was in the single bay garage, basically. So we, we literally didn't have space. We had we had two 20s and three 10s. So there you go. We had 70. Yeah. So we had, mm. we had 70 barrels of fermentation within about a year. Um, and... And then it took a bit more time and money to, to create more space. We had to create more wet space um, in a building that wasn't designed to be a brewery. Um, and then eventually we added some more 20s and 40s and stuff. Um, you know, now I, I don't I can't remember what we have now, but um, we're, we're, we're still quite small. We're about a three, I'd say about a 3,000 barrel a year brewery. Um, What's your distribution format? Is that all outside sales? We you have your own tap room or? No, we we don't do any on-site sales anymore. Like we we used to be open uh, in the beginning. We were open on Saturdays, so basically the on-site sales. You'd come in, we'd have um, free samples. You couldn't drink on premise uh, and bottles to go. And the production space became the retail space. So you know, Friday afternoon, you're mopping. You know, you're getting it all clean, turning it over into this retail space. And my partner were going in on Saturdays and doing our Saturday shift, and we'd alternate. And uh, after a couple of years of that, uh, about a year and a half, um, obviously, you know, the first year and a half, couple of years, you're putting in a lot of hours. You're trying not to count them. And we just said, you know what, this is I'm just we're just getting burned out. I just weekends are kind of for family. We both have young kids. Let's just draw a line mm-hmm. and let's just say, you know, we do what do whatever it takes Monday to Friday. Let's try and keep this normal schedule eight to five. And let's just cut cut the whole weekend thing. All right. Uh, so we we kind of bailed out on that because it's it just didn't fit. We were trying we're, we're putting so much effort into packaging and distributing and doing a pretty good job of it for a little tiny brewery. Like um, we just said, we can't do it. We feel like a tap like a like a full fledged tap room uh, is a whole other business, and and you mm-hmm. have to treat it with that level of respect. Mm-hmm. Like it has to have a dedicated space and dedicated staff who do nothing but that. Right. And we just we didn't have the space or, or even the desire to go in that direction. <laughs> Not now, anyway. Instead of a happy server, they had some grunt, some grumpy brewer that's like, uh, worked way too many hours. And he's got a wife like beating his head. Like, yeah. why, you, why aren't you home? Like, dude, I just hauled a bunch of sacks around. Like, I'm not trying to serve fucking half tasters to people. I'm not familiar with the, how Canada does things. Do you, can you distribute your own beer or, or, and, and do? You? Yeah, 
Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So that, that's one of the, the good things I feel about Quebec is um, is you can self-distribute. Nice. So we uh, we literally were taking our construction truck in the beginning and oh, grabbing a carpenter and saying, guess what, truck. buddy, you're, uh, you're delivering beer today. And he'd like, you know, drop his tool belt <laughs> and get in the truck and go and deliver beer for the day. And, nice. um, you know, we started out, we, st- we launched the brewery like like with, you know, 12 hectoliters of oatmeal stout and, and four four draft customers. That's all we had. And, and, and we had no bottles at that point. We didn't start bottling for another wow. month. Wow. Uh, and just oblivious, like just oblivious to what it would, you know, we're just like, woo, we're selling beer. We have no idea what we're doing. And you were just uh, feeling it. You were so, so you, you had no, you had no plan. You're just like, well, we have beer. We should probably sell it. And that's it. But there was no master plan to guide you we, along. No, we were trying, man. Like we, we, we kind of thought of ourselves as being like the local, our local county's brewery because there, there wasn't, there isn't, there isn't a brewery and there wasn't a brewery in the county. Okay. And we were going, we're going around to all the restaurants, all the bars. Oh, yeah. And we were thinking these people, of course, they're going to jump on board. We're also a hundred percent certified organic. So like there's yeah. another little, you know, little bonus potentially mm-hmm. with a, you know, with certain customers might be interested in that. And the thing is where we lived, you know, I don't know how to say this, but the restaurants, like there's a lot of chain restaurants um, and, and they, they tend to go for the more, you know, industrial yeah. macro yeah. Um, kind of beers. They don't know about the drink local thing that's probably more popular now. It's not. Yeah, it's it still is not so happening right? as much oh. as it could be out here it's in the city in Montreal. Man, yeah. there's there's yeah. there's so many dedicated beer bars and restaurants that want nothing but craft but out here we're a little bit you know a little bit behind right, in that so way you're, and so you're we were just getting a lot of no's like no no, no. not interested or you know, the whole you got to come in set up all your taps you got to um, invest in all this refrigeration equipment it's like dude like wow. we're, we're like really like we're not molson but and everyone was treating mm-hmm. you you know it's it's a real learning curve uh, wow. a lot of misconceptions we had we, we were wrong on a lot of fronts so. how do you you're on the bleeding edge there marketing wise that's a rough thing wow. how do you handle that kind of rejection as you're just starting up and you have all this confidence and you're going ahead uh, and you're just faced with a bunch of no's? Well, it was, I mean, that was, the no's were happening mostly on the keg side. So, and, and, you know, I was reading in a lot of the blogs, you know, try and get as much of your beer into kegs and bars, obviously, because, you know, there's the packaging and it is easier and it's just a more efficient format. Um, we were getting, we were getting a lot of rejection on, on the keg side. So we basically said, well, okay, we got to get into bottles as soon as possible. Hmm. Uh, you, I think, uh, yeah, you have, you have the IPA there and you see that's in the, in the bomber. So we, we use the American bomber, the 22 ounce, because it's a really efficient bottle to use when you're hand bottling. If you're using a, a manual okay. forehead hand bottler counter pressure, okay. uh, that's a really good bottle because it stays on the spout longer than a than a twelve ounce. So the longer it stays on the spout, you know, the less you're 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 moving your hands and you know flailing around like an octopus. So that's smart. Uh, was this so was this sick. the first so beer that you? Sorry, go ahead. I can and and no one no one was really using that bottle in Quebec. So it had it gave yeah, us a real look, huh? kind of American look to our to our 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 beer when when it first hit the shelves and okay. that's when the bar start, the the ball started to get rolling was when we got it in bottles and all of a sudden um, we were getting beer stores calling us from from Montreal from the city saying get your stuff out here immediately and and the phone started to ring. And people were coming to us. Um, and then, you know, people started to taste the beer and the reviews, you know, were, 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 were pretty good. And, and then it, the whole thing flipped on its head. And then with each new beer release, it, it just it kind of created this momentum in this wave 
Um, and, and then we were getting calls left, right and center. But, but the first couple months were just banging our head on the wall. But it, I think that's almost, you know, it's a reflection also of, of how tough it is to get your beer in kegs into bars. Cause that, that whole scene yeah. is pretty aggressively locked out by a lot of the macros. By the macros. So, yeah. yeah. So, so, so what, you're, so, really good. what you're saying is that the American way of life helped you in business. I just want to make sure I want to make that clear. <laughs> oh god yeah american okay, bottles yes. are better yes that, yep. thank you warren yes yep. we all agree I'm just kidding. I'm yeah. just kidding. so this was the first beer that you put out in bottles um what was the first beer we put out the first first beer oh, we put out was, was an oatmeal but... was an oatmeal stout we oh, okay. we wanted to we wanted to play it you know reasonably um because we thought we were going to serve just the local market an oatmeal so we stout. came out with an oatmeal stout and an american pale ale wow um, so just, just nice, really accessible styles. Um, I love a meal stout, dude. I fucking love that beer. I wish more people would make one. Yeah, that's it. Eh? I, I just, I just announced, uh, that our, our stout is back actually. Cause we, we take a break in the summer. We have to due to IPA demand and, um, <laughs> We're wearing we just, here. <laughs> yeah, we've heard, we've heard of that phenomenon around here. Yeah, exactly. Dark people beers. Like no, we don't no. brew those in the summer. No. Um, so same with the black IPA. And, you know, I just announced, hey, the oatmeal stout's back. And then you can just, like, crickets, you know. On <laughs> really? <Facebook>. It's <laughs> oh, like, really, guys? Come on. This is a nice beer, okay? I know it's not a barrel-aged breath beer, but, you know, you could show a little. That's disappointing. Well, right now, and, and so that, that was my fault for, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that you knew what we were drinking. We did actually open up the Yakima IPA, and it is in the bomber format, so I just assumed. Uh, oh, right. Um, yeah. Uh, what do you guys think of this beer, man? It's really good. It's nice and dry. Yeah, uh, I've, I've obviously late hopped uh, really well. How does the American style IPA yeah. go over there? On you know more towards the East Coast. I mean, do you guys do you guys get a lot of? And this sounds super ignorant, right? Like I don't know where geographically anything is, but do you guys get a lot of like West Coast style IPAs out there, or is it more the East Coast style? You know, tons of crystal well, malt. Kind of thing. Yeah, well, that's that's what's interesting about the Quebec the Quebec scene in the last like um, three four years. It's really changed in terms of hoppy beers because we, um, you know, we we wanted to release an IPA when we launched, but I kind of I kind of knew it was a big job. I wanted it to be a really good IPA, and at that point, this is so this is like summer 2012 when we launched. And there was the whole West Coast versus East Coast thing and, and, and a lot of, you know, banter about which is better and that. Quebec was firmly rooted in the East Coast, multi-IPA, um, could, have, could have been the links to, you know, Great Britain. Um, no one was really producing except for some of the brew pubs, um, I believe like Benelux, people like that were doing um, West Coast IPAs. But on the market readily available across the province there was not a west a true west coast ipa so we started test batching our our ipa you know early in 2013 and were the idea was to maybe do an east coast version and then a west coast version and kind of see what the public thought and kind of go with that Mm -hmm. just kind of make it a fun you know you know try try trial it out on on the market Oh. Um, and then we try. I, I remember bringing home some stone from 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 the states because we have some family that lives down on the east coast in Massachusetts and uh, cracked open a stone IPA and I was I was blown away personally because I I had never seen an IPA that looked smelled and tasted like that because it just wasn't like anything on the market in Quebec. Um, I was just blown. Away. It was like extremely pale. It was dry. 
and it was just super fruity, super balanced. It wasn't like crushingly bitter. We had, you know, we have a lot of really overly bitter stuff on the market. I was like, Oh my God, this is what an IPA should be and can be. And that was it. We, that was stone was the complete inspiration for, for, you know, the style that we wanted to pursue. Um, which it wasn't available at all in that market. So. It was not available in any way, shape, or form. I yeah. don't know why. I don't know why other brewers weren't brewing them. Maybe Whatever. they felt that Quebec um, was was just you know too rooted in that East Coast style. I have no idea. Yeah. So we released we released that beer in spring of 2013, and it caused it caused a bit of a a bit of a ruckus. Um, I mean, just because you know there were a lot of beer beer geeks and home brewers and beer fans out there that we're pining for, for a West coast IPA. And, and then we just kind of, you know, released, released our version of it. And they were just like, finally, finally, someone's done this. We had no idea. We had wow. no idea that people had been waiting for this style of beer. We're just like, that was the one we drank. And was like, well, this is, this is the better version, uh, West coast all the way. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. So how does the market look today? Is that totally changed or is yeah, it kind of 50, 50? Oh, it's, it's so, it's so radically different right now. Um, it was like, that was like the floodgates, not that we were the first, I mean, there was another brewery, Pit Caribou, they released, um, a West coast IPA at the same time. Um, pretty soon after that, Judiciel released Moralité, which is their West coast IPA. They they had brewed that years ago with, uh, the alchemist as a collaboration, but they, I don't think they'd ever bottled it and released it in Quebec. So they released theirs, which is now widely available. And now we've got other, um, I mean, they're, they're too numerous to mention now. So this is only three years. That's amazing. You know, we've got, we've got new breweries like Oval, uh, which is a farmhouse brewery, which is releasing, um, you know, Brett IPAs, which are, you know, up in the top 10 in the world in rate beer now coming out of Quebec. So, um, you know, there's, there's some really, really good stuff in Quebec, um, both, you know, clean side IPAs like ours and, and, and Brett IPAs as well. Um, li- so it's radically changed in three years. It's just not the same place. What I like about your IPA is that there's, there's that firm bitterness that an IPA should have, obviously. Um, and then there is that tropical kind of hop flavor that's right in the middle, and they don't blend together. And I mean this in a very good way, where you still get the bitterness that kind of rides through from beginning to end, but there's the tropical notes underneath um, and the softer kind of fruity notes, uh, and it works really, really well together. It's, it, it is kind of a, a unique... Uh, hop flavor profile for me. I mean, I don't. Granted, I don't drink IPAs except on the show, um, but this to me stands out in that regard. It's it's clean, it's dry, but the the way the hops are layered kind of has this different order of of presentation in, on on my palate uh, that to me is pretty unique. If that makes yeah, any sense at all. Hopefully, it smells good. What's the date on that? I think it's pretty fresh. Uh, it's only a week old. <clears throat> oh, good. It was the last week of September. Yeah, 09, 09, 26, 26, 09. I didn't want yeah, to I mean, freak anyone IP, out. For, for us personally, IP, I mean, that's our that's our flagship beer. It accounts for, you know, most of our sales. Um, but most of the development we're doing new beers is all on the wild side. Um, but hops, hops is an interesting thing. I mean, you've... And, and, I, and, you know, we had to learn that early on. Um, if you're going to have an IPA as your flagship beer... 
any brewery, you, you better get your hop contracts sorted out well in advance. <laughs> and, um, no hops, no flakes. You know. Yeah. Well, so I, I and I'm glad you. That's a good transition because I did want to crack open. I think it's the Colorado. I'm not entirely sure because half the bottle is kind of so. You know, the shipment broke as we talked about uh, in, in transit, and so two or three of these bottles didn't make it. But the rest, like the label, look at that. The label just kind of got sloughed off. So it really just says Olorado. But Olorado. I'm assuming yeah. it's a, I'm assuming it's Colorado. I like I like Olorado. Yeah, you can yeah. use it. I get twenty so percent of that, all sales. So that this beer is um, is that a good one to open next in like a transitional thing? Yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah, right. you can do that. I mean this this beer, <laughs> you know, we called it we called it an American Wild Ale because we didn't quite know how to classify it. Um, so we thought, oh well, let's just call it by the you know style name. Um, and it's called Colorado because um, it's it's brewed. Uh, primary ferment is with uh, is is with Brett Dre, so it's you know the strain isolated by Avery and, and BSI Colorado. Okay, uh, so that's you know that's why we named it that. Oh, um, I see. Yeah, all right. So you know we tried to get the fruity, obviously the fruity esters of, of Brett and primary fermentation, um, and then did a you know a pretty decent uh, Pacific, pretty decent sized Pacific Northwest dry hop on it, and then bottle conditioned uh, again with Brett uh, and let it sit for three months in the bottle. Um, so yeah, that's that's the end result. Are you a primary? You're primarily a Brett like farmhouse kind of direction that you guys are going. That's that is that's yeah, your focus. That's, that's the, the direction. Well, I say that. I mean, <laughs> it, it depends if you look at sales or if you look at kind of brands. Like all, <laughs> most of our new brands are that are coming out. Like we've this year, we'll probably we probably will by the end of the year have put out uh, nine or ten new brands of beer, which for us is a lot. Um, we don't generally put out that many, and they're a hundred percent on the Brett side. Um, there won't be a new clean side brand this year. Um, wow. we're, because the clean side is really just, we're trying to, you know, we have a few brands we've had to, uh, cut it down to because the, uh, the demand for the IPA, um, is so high. It's taking up so much of our brew house capacity. Do you, as, 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 and I'm sorry if I cut you off, uh, but as somebody who, who clearly spends a lot of time an effort with these delicate beers with a Brett. I mean, they, we know that they, it takes a lot of labor and it takes a lot of time. Does yeah. it piss you off that people are clamoring for IPA? Well, you know what? I've come full circle. It's just uh, you and I here. There's nobody else is listening. So it's just, you know, <laughs> yeah, we aren't. Yeah. I'm, I'm some, well, I'm sometimes disappointed by, um, like, I don't know, like the farm, the farmhouse houblon. Um, you've got a couple bottles of that, yeah. Uh, and one, one is from the original batch, and then one's a more recent batch. Um, you know, that's that's a it's a highly rated beer. Um, it's um, it's been critically, you know, really well received. Um, but it, you wouldn't know that if if you looked at the sales numbers. It's quite quite <laughs> modest in terms of sales. Um, you know, the whereas the IPA, I mean, the IPA is is yeah, it's 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 interesting. It's interesting. Um, so yeah, I mean, at one point when we were getting into the Bretts, we were so charged up about it. We we you know we thought, well, this is this is what it's, it's all going to be Bretts from now on. But I mean. Um, we've, we've had to come full circle on that and, and appreciate that. No, we, you know, the clean side beers 
are 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 driving this ship, uh, and the Bretts really are a much smaller percentage of of what we're actually selling. So okay. uh, we we need we need to keep we need to keep both going. But most of the creativity, uh, most of the new new recipe design and development uh, is all on the Brett side. I just I just you know we feel like there's just more possibilities with the Brett, um, and it's and it's just. Uh, it's just yeah it's just the kind of beers we like to drink drier um lower in alcohol like we've we've evolved a lot as a brewery in 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 four years you know like we you know we were drinking we, like we still make barrel aged beers but um we one of the first beers that we released uh, in 2012 i think which was a bit shocking to some people was was it was it was an 11 percent uh bourbon barrel aged um we heavy um for for us it was it was just a natural extension working with barrels with oak of the carpentry it made perfect sense so we went straight into barrel aging are you doing uh, your own cooperage there no i mean okay. there's a video on our you could on the facebook page <laughs> of us uh putting together a fooder a giant fooder um so we have we have built fooders and stuff and we've we've dismantled and built barrels before it's well, all you it's built all your own fooders well not from scratch like we had oh. them dismantled in france and oh, sent so over then and then we put them together we, we rebuilt them all i'll try and send you the link wow. and you got them to not leak and all that that's great and work well these are uh, master carpenters well the guys are guys these have got wood skills these yeah guys. for sure yeah. Yeah, well, that, that's it. So, you know, for us, bar- oak barrels, it's just like, well, of course we're going to barrel age. Uh, it made perfect sense. So, You're woodworkers, yes. Yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, when we first launched the brewery, we launched this, this 11% scotch scotch, uh, scotch ale and, and bourbon barrels. And we were drinking those beers and, and really digging those beers. Um, and, and fast forward to now. And, you know, I don't drink those beers at all. I, and this is sacrilege, but I, I rarely drink, you know, IPA and stuff. I'm, I'm really. <laughs> yes, I applaud you, my friend. What's going on over there? I'm um, clapping. Okay. He's, he's in the 30%. Yeah, I'm, I'm in the 30%. The less people drinking IPA, I think, the better craft beer will be in general in the long run. Yes. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, that's it. It's, um, that's the thing. So, so we we've evolved, and also alcohol. The alcohol has come down in terms of what I like to drink personally. Yeah, yeah. Uh, complexity, dryness, like bone dryness, and and it's a challenge making a beer that's going to ferment to zero in the bottle. Um, be balanced, right? I mean, th- this is this is a big challenge. Um, it's always those low alcohol beers that are really hard. Our our, our our ISA, you know, it took five batches to get that to where we wanted it because it's not an IPA. It doesn't have that alcohol. To balance all those hops. Um, What's an ISA? Uh, India Session Ale. Okay. All right. Yeah. Oh, I didn't. I didn't send one of those to you. No. No, that's it. So if you so, did, yeah, it broke. it's been a it's been a real challenge. Um, but there has been a real sort of steep evolution of of where our palates have gone in, in four years and the kind of beers we want to make. But we're not we're not you know we can't just say oh we're not going to brew IPA. It's it's the complete engine of the brewery. It's what's allowing it's us to explore all these other avenues. So are you selling a zero degree Plato beer like Finishing Gravity? Yeah. Well, the farmhouse the farmhouse Houblon. Um, those, those are zero. They ferment out to zero in the bottle. Um, most of, most of, most of the Brett beers, if it's, if it's like 7% and under, and it's a relatively pale malt bill, they'll, they'll get down to zero or, or darn near close to it. Um, if, if they're like, we have a dark Saison, dark farmhouse, 
Um, I didn't send that one. I didn't, didn't have one kicking around, um, which, which finishes a bit higher, uh, the higher alcohol stuff. Like you have one there called Sanctuaire, which is, um, a bigger Abbey triple, uh, red wine barrel aged and then fermented with uh brett for actually like over a year in the, in the bottle uh that that never got down to zero the high alcohol but um the lower stuff you know pale malt bill reasonable alcohol not severe acidity like um if it's not too acid then then it'll it should get down pretty close to zero in the bottle wow doc what do you think of this beer I it's like colorado it. um it's it's a lot milder than i thought it would be it's yeah uh, a real nice Brett character, but it's not super acidic. Yeah. I, just, I, I can't get behind the really acidic ones. I feel like that's that's kind of the Brett beers that we get over here. Like, What's that? Kind of a little more aggressive, a yeah. little more they're, acidic, a little yeah. more... In what way? Oh, on, on the pH side? Yeah. Uh, they, just so. got, yeah they just got a lot more uh, acid backbone to them. And uh, kind of more, I guess, you push it into the American-style sour ale. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, just, this one—I mean, none of the ones I sent you have any kind of bacteria in them. Um, I mean, are you got, are you talking about like beers that are getting that much acidity just from bread, or, or no, these are, these are people are pre sour or long term yeah. sour? Uh, just, uh, I guess you'd put it in the Cantillon style, where it just oh, okay. it just got Real yeah okay. yeah, and uh, not not just a bread beer, but you know they got they're rounded out. Pretty much, but I, I get a lot of them that just have a lot of acidity to them. Well, and there's, I mean, there's still a lot of yeah. beer character in here, you know. And sometimes yeah. you you can get the, those Brett beers that's just so Brett that nothing can really come through right. the character this, this is and real it's, soft and Brett. And that's what kind of drew me. So, so I first found out about you guys, Daniel, from our friend uh, uh, Blobber in in the chat room, um, and he uh, he had left me a couple of bottles of the Hublot. I believe um, so yeah. it was like back in November or whatever, and I think that they were already had already had some age on them because, um, yeah. like this Colorado, I think was bottled in uh, April. Uh, yeah, it's, and, yeah. Here you go, yeah, That's it. The hops, the hops yeah. is probably they've faded a little bit, and it, I, I find it's more of the Brett character coming yeah. through in that year now. Yeah, it's faded a little bit, but there's still that kind of you know, kind of grassy, earthy note from 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 the dry yeah. hops that you get that what we kind of like, right? So. I, I got these beers in November, and I think I cracked them, I want to say, like, April. Like, just one bottle. And I th- it was probably the day a- the day before I emailed you. Um, because the beer blew me away. Like, it absolutely it stunned me. The, 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 the ba- how the Brett character kind of came through, uh, balanced really well with everything else that was going on in that beer. Uh, it was very kind of Orval-like. Uh, yeah, exactly. And just g- gentle and soft, but but still had depth, and it was it was a, an amazing beer, and I can't wait to drink it uh, again here on the air. I, I was blown away by it; I really was. Oh, great! I mean, that was, and that, and I don't like a lot of shit. Like I'm kind of an asshole, so that's <laughs> he's in the one percent, <laughs> yeah. So uh, nothing really, you know, nothing really gets me floored like that, really. Um, well, speaking of Orville, I like the, the Orville character in this Colorado beer. I think it's really good. Yeah. I like the uh, the it's, it's sort of neutral in terms of the uh, I'll say yeast character. Uh, yeah. And so it lets the malts and the hops really come through. Yeah. What is that hop? Is that is that some Nelson in there? Well. Um, 
Jeez, it's been a while. Um, they're Pacific. They're Pacific Northwest hops. Okay. Um, we have we have a pretty tight range of hops we can use, being um, certified organic. We don't we don't get a lot of them. That's right. I keep forgetting the, the newer, trendier hops. Sure. Um, so we, we we have to use the old faithfuls like Centennial, Simcoe, Citra. Um, those are those are kind of the primary. Uh, aroma hops we have to work with um so we probably would have used um most or all of those in that beer Um, but i mean there's a lot of you get a lot of the fruit too with that yeast strain and when it when you use it in primary um so it's yeah yeah, it's interesting that the yeast yeast esters and the hops kind of it's hard to distinguish i think i'm guilty of like associating uh brett fermentation character with you know hops that uh Typically associated, like you know, like Sterling or uh, or Nelson yeah. or something like that. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I th- I think I think the character is is more leaning towards yeast, the yeast esters in that beer now. Yeah. Uh, when it was fresh, uh, you know, I think there was a bit more. Um, it would have been leaning more towards the hops, yeah. and the, the farmhouse Houblon is a similar idea. And that was it was you know you mentioned Orval and all that. I mean, that was inspired by Orval. Like we, mm-hmm. everybody's inspired by that. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's right. Like that's like the first Brett beer that you, if you get yeah. to try it, and it's and it's gotten all horsey and horse blanket. You're like, oh, that's what the Brett's doing. Okay, you know, that's it's the light bulb going off when you drink Orval. So. We, we were like a lot of the decisions we've made as a brewery have been out of necessity through lack of space or lack of funds, like mm-hmm. a lot of young yeah. breweries. And yeah. the whole the whole thing with the farmhouse Hublon was to try and take a page out of Orval's book, not copy the, the beer. Um, you know, their beer is is I, I believe it's, it's it's more amber. It's more of a like a Belgian pale ale. Um, but, you know, copy the marketing use, approach. Use, use the Brett uh, just in the bottle even. Um, and get all of the Brett dryness and complexity and funk uh, during bottle conditioning. So that was the concept behind Farmhouse Houblon was to, to, to brew a saison, to dry hop it with a decent dry hop, um, like Pacific Northwest again. So it's kind of a hybrid. And um, and then just bottle it with Brett. So get it down to the right gravity, like around one Play-Doh um, in, in, in the fermenter. And then um, literally don't prime it. Just add Brett and let it go down to zero in the bottle. And you'll end up with, you know, three to three and a half volumes in the bottle. Um, And because the Brett's, you know, working pretty hard in the bottle, um, you know, you get, uh, you know, the funk and and the complexity that comes along with it. So so in the primary uh, fermentation, uh, in terms of mash profile, are you using a lower temperature to make simple sugars so the Brett's not working real hard? Or are you raising it up a little bit? So that way it's got to work during primary. Um, well, with, this, with the Saison strain, it doesn't seem to matter a whole heck of a lot. It's, um, I mean, this is this is a, a dry version of French Saison, which is a beast, as you guys probably know. Um, and um, it, it, it doesn't matter a whole lot. But, it, but we do tend to mash lower because, um, again, we're, we're, we're impatient. So we're trying to get down to about one Play-Doh. Uh, as quick as we can in the fermenters. So by mashing lower, you know, the primary yeast strain, the saison strain, is going to get there hopefully a bit quicker, um, and and will artificially um, halt fermentation at that point because the saison does have a habit, especially you know on some repitches, it can go even lower uh, in the FV, and then you don't have enough uh, residual in the bottle for the brett to properly carbonate the beer. 
So this, this was this weird technique we came up with because um, most people just ferment out in a barrel over yeah. a longer period of time and either get to zero in the barrel or get to a stable gravity. Then they'll prime sure. and, and, and not even necessarily use a breath when they're bottle conditioning. You can use a sack, you can use a champagne yeast, whatever. Um, but yeah. but we wanted to free up the FV quicker. So again, because we were so tiny and, and we didn't have space for barrels and we only had a limited amount of FVs, we're like, well, we've got to move this beer through the fermenter a bit quicker. How can we do this? So the idea was to use the Saison to get down to the 1 to 1.2 range as quickly as we could. Uh, and then you've got another week of dry hopping there. And, and then, you know, crash it, get it into a bottling tank, and then rack in a fresh, you know, healthy pitch of brett and, and say, you know, have fun. So how and, many days of fermentation did you save by taking out sooner? Uh, well, like a, it a depends. A day or I a mean, week? Or? Like for your turnaround? Yeah. Okay. How many days did it take off the fermentation time to, to do that? With, with the saison yeast, I mean, it's it, it, it's it's pretty vigorous. Um, yeah. You know, it, it 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 would usually get down pretty low, like to two or three, mm-hmm. um, within you know within a week or so, and then it will kind of chew away, like saison, like Belle saison. I've talked to the guys at Lalmont who who have um, a base here in Montreal, and and they actually uh, the Belle saison strain, the French saison strain, actually they they say it has the ability, like a Brett, to to break down, um, you know, complex sugars, yeah. uh, but it needs time to do that. Yeah. Um, in this, in the same way that a, that a Brett can do that, that most sack strains can't do, so it, it would usually take a week um, of slowly, you know, bubbling away to get down to to where we needed to. So you could, you could, in theory, you know, run run two weeks of primary with a good saison pitch, uh, a week of dry hopping, um, and then we don't filter. Um, so at, at, at most, we would biofine, you know, crash mm-hmm. cool and biofine, mm-hmm. and try and clarify the beer a bit that way because the saison is pretty fussy, as you know. It's hard to get out of the beer, um, and then and then rack over to the bottling tank. So realistically, we give ourselves a month um, between brew day and and kind of packaging day, and then we would wait at least three months before we'd release the beer. So it spends most of its time in the warehouse uh, in bottles, warm. Um, developing that dryness and, and the breath done at Orval as well. The, the warm is okay for you guys. What's that? The warm is okay. The warmth is being stored warm is, is good. That's what you want. Yeah, well, yeah. That, that's that's another funny thing we run up against because we first produced this beer in like um, February or something and uh, our warehouse was like at 15 degrees and that, that puts the breath to sleep. Not all strains of breath will tolerate that low a temperature. So I was like, what's going on here? You know, this, this hasn't moved in, in, in three weeks, you know, doing bottle tests every week. And um, sure enough, we had, we had to heat the building. So we didn't want to, we were, you know, cheap and lacking funds. So we didn't want to turn the heat up to, to bring the whole warehouse up to 20 plus degrees Celsius. So we built a, a two by four shed around the pallets of, <laughs> of farmhouse Hublon and insulated it and put a little space heater in there. Uh-huh. And, and we kept this shed, um, you know, at like 25 degrees Celsius to keep the bread happy. Um, and then obviously as production grew, uh, that was pretty impractical, but, um, mm. that's what we did. We had it incubating in this like heated blanket for the first winter. I love it. Did you do, yeah. uh, preliminary tests like like homebrew size batch on knowing what uh, gravity you need to get down to in order to do the brett conditioning in, in the bottle 
Oh man, that it's that, and that is such a tricky subject. Like it, it, it took dozens and dozens and dozens of tests to, to try and, um, get an understanding of, of, of what residual gravity, um, when you're going into the bottle, where, where are you going to end up at the end? Um, I, I don't know if many other people are doing this technique. It's, it's, it's kind of dangerous. Um, <laughs> yeah. we love it already. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's so, so basically, you know, a beer like this, it's, it's pale. It's, it's very fermentable. It's, it's wheat, it's rye, it's malted barley. Um, it's going to go to zero. We have to assume it's going to go to zero. With other beers like a dark farmhouse that we have, or um, we have a Brett bitter, which is like an English bitter fermented out, um, you know, fermented with Klauseni in the bottle. Just for, it's like a you know concept beer. Like what would have what would a what would a bitter have tasted you know two hundred years ago when there was most likely Brett in that beer, but it didn't have time to develop because it was a running beer. You know, it was served so quickly and mm-hmm. it was running through the cast so fast in the pub. So we said, well, what if we give it the chance to develop? Uh, what if you you know what if what if you forgot a cask in the corner of the pub for a few months? So yeah. that was the, the well, idea behind that beer. What happened? It was nice. It was. It was. It's nice. The Klauseni works really well with 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 the Brett base, but again, it's about balance. So the first batch we put out was became a bit too thin. So everyone's like, "Well, this isn't a bitter. Uh, it doesn't. You know, it doesn't have the body. Well, it does say Brett before the bitter, <laughs> right?" <laughs> So, but, but, you know, they were right and we knew it, but, and, and we got called on it. And so the second batch, uh, you know, we, we ambered it up a bit and, and put a, a few more unfermentables in there to try and balance the, the, the quality of the bitter with, with the bread. Um, so, so the current recipe is, is better, but something like that, even with a little bit of crystal malt in it, that's going to change your terminal gravity in the bottle. Uh, uh-huh. you may only finish at 0.6 to 0.8. So we take that into consideration. When we stop that beer, for example, we'll stop it a bit higher. We'll stop it at, you know, let's say 1.7 or 1.8 Play-Doh um, if it hasn't stopped there by itself. Um, and then, you know, dark beer, same thing. Highly acidic beers. Like, we, we haven't done a lot of sours. We're, we're moving in that direction. We've, we've been playing around a lot with, with like, last year, Lacto, uh, this year, PDO. Um, we're not in love. We're not in love with quick sours. Um, that's a whole topic, I'm sure. But I mean, the the acidity of the beer will obviously affect the way the bread performs in the bottle too, and 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 the funk it's going to throw or lack of. So so yeah, we we've had to do like like dozens and dozens and dozens of bottle tests on the home brew level wow. to try and figure it for this technique. And yeah, I don't I'm not I don't even know if it's a good good one to use to be honest it was like i said it was born out of necessity to 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 do it this way um to try and to try and get the beer moving because we're so small and to not have it tying up an fv for for two to three months you know while you wait for that to hit terminal gravity so you can just prime and use a sack yeast or whatever in the bottle so that's that's how we ended up with it wow that's crazy uh well we've uh we've cracked another beer uh the brett zest Saison? Am I saying that right? There you go. Yep. All right. Uh, And I thought it was interesting because it's... um Let's see. Brewed with authentic Saison and wild bread yeast, we've added citrus zest and juice Mm. with some cracked pepper... Yep. Um, What what kind of... um, I mean, what kind of um, zest and juice? I would guess lemons, but I I mean, I don't know. 
Um, can you smell it? Does it still got a zestiness to it? It does, but I but and I don't know if I'm getting it from the 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 yeast, the pepper, mm-hmm. or the hops, or there's there, it, it's it's subtle enough where I can't pick it out. Maybe grapefruit, but I would assume lemons. Um, Doc, yeah, tasty. Get some grapefruit. Warren, what do you think? Yeah, I would have picked grapefruit. Grapefruit. Yeah. All right. I think, yeah. I think that's yeah. the consensus. Uh-huh. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of grapefruit. I, mean, I knew we, it. Um, I knew it. You were right. I You're pegged right. it. You I pegged are. it right from the jump. <laughs> Dang, how'd you do yeah. that? <laughs> now we 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 brewed that beer on the um, on the clean side. Uh, we try, um, you know, just a low gravity, just a summer a summer saison, like four and a half percent, with a bit of um, zest in the in the in the whirlpool, along with the juice, because we're, we're resisting these things by hand. So you, you end up with all this juice at the end of it. So you may as yeah. well throw that in too, right? You put that at, at, well, at the whirlpool? Yeah. So okay. when, when we brewed it on the clean side in, in the bombers, so all our clean side beers in the bombers, and then our wild beers in those nice 500 mill, milliliter champagne bottles. Yeah. Um, so we, we did it on the clean side, and it, it just didn't never quite lived up to what we had hoped the beer would be i guess um so we moved it over to the bread side um and by doing that um i'm not saying you can be sloppy and but it, it opens up it it, it re- relieves a lot of the stress of working with fruit and contamination right <laughs> so now you don't have to throw it in the whirlpool you don't have to throw it in the kettle um and and deal with those nightmares of possibly you know screwing up the heat x and all that you can chuck it straight in the fermenter so, uh, and, and this is one of the beers that smashed. That was the same thing, the hibiscus beer. Uh, anyway, that's, we won't talk about that, but, um, so we, we, we wanted to kind of boost the zest flavor and really see f- how far we could go with zest in the FV after primary fermentation. Um, so we added a ton and it's mostly grapefruit with like, let's, oh, I think it was like seven cases of grapefruits, wow. one case of lemons and be careful with the limes, like half a case of limes. Cause they'll, they, they punch way above their weight in terms of <laughs> flavor. They're, they're, yeah, they're tough little, tough little guys. And, um, in a 10 barrel batch. No. So that would be a, probably a 40 barrel, um, most of our fermenters are now four times brew house. Um, so so you, zest, you zested all this fruit, and then you, yeah, and then you just threw the raw, the the that chopped up in fruit in, or you, you squeeze the juice out. How'd you do that? Yeah, so we have like uh, it's it's really it's really it's really homebrew scale, but it works really well. It's a zip zester, and it it's it's a heavy commercial grade zester. And you just you just wine you know wine the fruit on there and you know in, in like five ten seconds you've you've got your fruit is perfectly zested it doesn't take you know too much of the white it really takes the zest it's a good job and then we and then we go you know we we juice it right away and we fill up you know um, we fill up buckets with the juice which is amazing I mean the brewery just smells incredible um, <laughs> yeah, that's a good and uh, and and we just dry zested the thing just like you were dry hopping it. And so now we're what not volume ju- Okay, so to a 40 barrel, what volume of juice do you think you put in? Like a barrel, two barrels? The juice, uh, maybe I'm thinking in liters, but um, okay, m- m- not even a barrel, I wouldn't say. I, oh, maybe, okay. maybe almost a barrel, maybe, maybe 50, 60 liters okay. at most, you know, okay, like, like not far off. Great. Um, so, yeah, I mean, and it was 
because we wanted to because often when you know you see there's zest in a, in, a, in a beer sometimes it can be so subtle that it, it kind of gets lost in the mix yeah so, totally totally but isn't this isn't a zest more pronounced than the, the fruit juice itself though isn't it oh yeah the fruit juice like it ferments out right yeah yeah it's just like you know the source of sugar Exactly. Well, the the saison just too. wakes up and, and, and devours it. So, Oh, well, yeah, especially uh, with, with uh, the citrus, right? Right, with the citrus. Tons of acidity, juice. right? Yeah, yeah. Acidity. It does add a little a little bit of acidity, for sure. I mean, um, I, I can't remember what the pH of the beer is, but, I mean, we're, we're, with all these fruit beers on the bread side, we're trying to... We're trying to we're we're trying to go as far as we can, and then what happens is on the next batch we'll probably we usually end up dialing it back a bit, because like so often like like I say we, you know you have a you have a beer that that talks a lot about the fruit the zest in it and you just like where is it or the fruit that's in the beer and you're like where is it and and you're just not getting enough of that character so we were probably guilty of overzesting the first batch of this okay. beer <laughs> uh, guilty and, yeah. For sure, and and so so we tried to dial it back. I think that's batch number two. Uh, you guys can be the judge if we need to tweak it or not. But no, um, I, I think it's great. I mean, no, and it's great... and it was uh, you know bottled um, you know five twelve sixteen. Uh, so it has five twelve. So what is that? June, May, five, May. No, yeah, no, that's that can't be right. Well, why can't it? Because five twelve would be the fifth of December. Well, so I mean, it's written twelve five sixteen, but he's I, reading it properly. I figure you were oh, doing okay. the European. Yeah, the 12th, yeah. Okay, so yeah, it's, yeah, it's twelfth of uh, it's the twelfth of, of May. Um, May. Yeah. Thank you. I'm just trying Thank to make you. a lot of things really hard on you. So <laughs> why can't we be friends on on the date? Why do we have to? Be I don't, dude, I have no idea. I I have no. I literally there's tons of things like this. I have literally have no idea why. I know. So this uh, bottle is a different shape than the other. Is this the, like a half liter or something? Or a... that's that's it. That's the 500 ml okay. brown champagne, right? That's the same yeah. as the Colorado yep. and farmhouse. It's another cap yeah. bottle, and yeah. uh, but you still do both. Now are these hand still... bottled, or there's there, you have a you do that on machine as well. Yeah. So we, I mean, we hand bottled everything to begin with yeah. on the clean side because yeah. we only started doing Brett's Brett beers a year ago. Uh-huh. Um, so on the clean side, we started with the, the manual thing, and then we got a Mahin. You guys are probably familiar with. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, That's kind of the so, classic like, micro, you know, craft brewery under a certain yeah, barrelage a year bottle oh, yeah. filler, right? Yeah, yeah. There's nothing that occupies less space and is as efficient yeah. as that. So it's <laughs> we're, we're still using the Mahin on on the clean side, and on on the Brett side, we we went back to hand bottling. So um, the early ones were all hand bottled, and then we were just like, wow, we, we, we really need to stop hand bottling. Um, and, and got a, <laughs> another bottling line because as you know, the risks of cross contamination, um, are pretty high. And, and also the Mahin has, has quite a few plastic parts on it as well. Um, that's, that's what keeps it affordable. Uh, but at the same time, you can't run uh, 95 degree water and caustic and stuff through that machine. So there was no way we were going to put Brett through a Mahin. Um, so yeah, we had to invest in a completely separate bottling line. We have a rotary head gravity filler from germany and another whole labeling thing and it's just like it's creating a second brewery within the brewery so completely separate hoses butterflies pumps valves everything fvs bottling tanks it's uh it's pretty insane so so after the brew house heat exchanger you have uh you totally separate the clean and the funky side 
of the brewery. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. And and sometimes we're forced to use clean side fermenters for for Brett beers, and we always try like, do we need Brett in primary? Like, we don't completely need Brett in primary. We won't we won't put it on that side. But we, if we have to, we have to. Sometimes we do, and we swap out every single gasket, uh, the Manway gaskets. We do double caustic. Um, <laughs> double. Mm-hmm. You know, we take a lot of precautions. Um, Just run the hot water. That's all you need. That should take care of everything, right? Hot water? Yeah. yeah, yeah. We love hot water. It kills everything. Yep. <laughs> we love yeah. that shit over here. No, no. Oh, I mean, it, it does. Yeah. I mean, well, whatever. Hot water sanny. That's, that's our motto. That's everything, we, yeah. It's dangerous as hell. Yeah. You, bugs can't yeah. survive heat. You don't but do uh, don't you don't have it. chemicals and whatnot. You you just yes, do the hot water. caustic, yeah, but really, yeah, it is oh, clean. for sure, yeah, you got to use caustic, um, you know, as well. But um, like for example, um, on our bright tanks, like parasitic acid, you know, like the no rinse final mm-hmm. acid wash. I don't know what you guys normally use. Um, when you get it. Is very common, what, yes. mm-hmm. What's your no? What's your no rinse acid that you guys Parasitic. use? Star sand is the well for homebrewers, yeah. But the commercial breweries you use parasitic. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's it. So we 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 were kind of chasing chasing O2 levels and wondering why our beer, oh. you know, was we were getting some oxidation quicker than we were you know expecting, yeah. and and we were using quite a strong parasitic in our bright tanks yeah, so and, and no rinse. So, yeah. Yeah, there's no, there's no, it's not getting scrubbed out by yeah. fermentation. So we stopped, we, we, we stopped doing that. Uh, so we use like a 90 degree rinse after we've done caustic, the bright tank and, you know, it's, that's, it's everything. Yeah. yeah. It does yeah, take yeah. a while for the parasitic to break down enough where you don't actually get some oxidization. oxidation. That's it. Yeah. yeah. We still use it on fermenters wherever there's going to be, you know, vigorous ferment going on. But, um, yeah, no, for sure. Hot water is critical. We have a, an outrageous amount of HLTs. I mean, three HLTs for our little brewery. It's, uh, but you can, it seems wow. you never have enough. It's, wow. it's crazy. And it's got to be a temperature. It's not always useless. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, we keep it in the nineties, and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's good fun. Good fun. The whole mechanical backstory to running a brewery in a carpentry <laughs> workshop where you don't have the power you need and all that kind of stuff. It's, <laughs> Well, my, take, show. my takeaway, what you said earlier, was is we were idiots. <laughs> yeah, it's just I mean, again, so much about everybody's had really every almost every uh, you know beginning to end. We started a brewery. Who knows how we got here? Kind of thing has that yeah. as the underlying theme. We have no idea what we were doing. You know, no, clue. yeah, I believe you, we got here. You kind of stumble through it, and uh, you know if you're putting out good product, it, uh, it's, I, I it's think that's, good that's like a band aid over. The trials and tribulations and the stumbling points that you had yeah. previously, like you know, good beer trumps any sort of bad business move to a certain well, extent. Yeah, it almost makes opening a brewery worth it. <laughs> <laughs> right? You yeah. know what I mean? Like, but I, I think all that stuff kind of falls away. But you can, you know, maybe your your lack of foresight on distribution, for example, can oh, be right. overlooked if you're making if you're cranking out great beers. Right? Like nobody nobody who has makes subpar beers is going to be you know oh well the distribution is hard to get you have have to go there but don't worry about it it's you know you know what i mean it's like it has to be worth it in the end you have to be producing a good product and that kind of cures everything yeah i mean and and yeah absolutely i mean we're and we're lucky um you know it took us like I said, it took us a long time to become viable and that was even with like a really strong following we've been really fortunate to have um amazing support from day one um but part of that is this responsibility you feel as a brewer to not put stuff that's mediocre out there or that, you know, isn't up to expectation. I mean, we've dumped, 
Yeah. We've dumped so much beer in the last two years. Like uh, wow. the whole fooder program, like <laughs> we, we started a fooder program. It was also uh, a dumping program. It sounds like, go ahead. It, it was, it, it became a dumping program. <laughs> it um, like we started in 2014 to fill fooders. And I just I just removed the last one from the brewery and put it in a field. Oh, jeez! <laughs> and and then shot it. Took a big Well, that tells Turn me you're back. a great brewer when you know when to dump beer. That's it's a badge of courage, buddy. Oh my God! Like we've dumped so much, it's insane. And 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 it's um, I yeah. And I, and I think people I think people appreciate that because it's uh, like we're we don't even want to count what it costs. But our fooder program I think is the greatest failure fooder program ever <laughs> oh, in no. the world. It's yeah. I mean we had ten fooders. I had we had like seven of them full of beer, mm-hmm. and they're they were decent size. They're like four thousand liter fooders, mm-hmm. and every single one got dumped. Oh geez. What and happened? Just, unfortunately, three of them got bottled, um, you know, um, and then dumped and destroyed. Oh. Um, yeah. So, but it was just like, wow, this is incredible, like epic, epic failure. And 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 you know, took a lot of precautions and did a lot of reading. There's 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 no no handbook for a fooder program. But I mean, you know, you talk to winemakers, you talk to other people. Some of the brewers in our industry are. You know, some of the even pretty big ones in the U.S. Um, who are known for for food or aging are pretty cool people that will, you know, respond to the odd email. You know, not being not trying to abuse that or anything, but you know, yeah, it, it still went it, it went horribly wrong. We were just developing off flavors that were completely unacceptable. Oh, even God. and it was just like, you know, what to hell with this? Like, this isn't working. Let's just remove the problem. Well, that's so smart. Yeah, yeah, that's so smart. That's, so, so, but so that's the thing, like it's, I, I don't understand like people releasing beer that's bad or has off flavors for business reasons, because it's, it's oh a God. fallacy. Like yeah. you're going to hurt yourself. You're going to hurt your, your downstream yeah. business operation if you start, cause your reputation is everything and your support, your following is everything. Their trust is everything. So, well, the, the, the classic example of that is the, is the odd, Oh, it's our, it's our Belgian pale ale guys. <laughs> and everyone knows full well, it's fucking not belt. You didn't put Belgian yeast in it. Something got in there and, and jacked your shit up. And it's uh, our movie theater beer. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> what are you guys doing, man? It's very clear. If you pay a little bit of attention to the beer industry, this is not how it's supposed to taste. <laughs> yeah. All right, we're going to take a break real fast, but before I do, I want to tell you guys about Williams Brewing. They are your online resource for prompt delivery of quality home brewing supplies. Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and the freshest ingredients, backed by the best customer service in the business. You like to mash using efficient fly sparging, but would like an easy way to heat your strike and sparge water? Enter the new Brewer's Edge Electric Mash Water Heater, a plug-in anywhere, precisely controlled heater for strike and sparge water. Ditch the fumes and second burner and make mashing easy. Go to williamsbrewing.com today and browse their vast selection. That's williamsbrewing.com. Orders placed by 4 p.m. Pacific time weekdays. Ship the same day. Brewing is easy. Of course, you guys know this. The Williams way. Uh, It's the session, everyone. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Brewcasters. The Brewcasters. On the Brewing Network. Do you 
know the three most important rules in brewing? Sanitation, sanitation, and sanitation. And no one does it better than Five Star Chemicals. Five Star knows sanitation. You can only sanitize clean equipment. And Five Star knows how to clean, too. For craft brewers and home brewers, Five Star has what you need to keep your fermenters, serving tanks, kegs and draft lines sparkling and free of any beer-spoiling bacteria. PBW, caustic, acid cleaners, star sand, Santa Clean, lubricants and defoamers, pH stabilizers, and more. Five Star Chemicals has cleaning supplies, safety supplies, heat exchangers, pumps, hoses, and valves. And Five Star is proud to offer eco-friendly products that exceed customer expectations. If you have a cleaning problem, you need the Five Star Solution. Visit FiveStarChemicals.com or call 800-782-7019. 800-782-7019. And get the Five Star Treatment today. If you haven't heard, there's a completely new brand of brewing equipment. Kettles, burners, and accessories. Trustworthy, everyday gear that helps you forge and shape outstanding beer the way you want. It's called Anvil Brewing Equipment. Hi, I'm John Palmer. You may remember me from such self-help books as How to Brew, Brewing Classic Styles, Water, and the Brew Strong Podcast. I am very pleased to announce the debut of Anvil Brewing Equipment from Blickman Engineering. I have been working closely with them these past few years to develop products that combine the best of materials, features, and price point. Each of these products has been developed, tested, and reviewed to meet these ideals and bears the Palmer Brewing Solution stamp of approval on the packaging. Anvil Brewing Equipment, inspired by Palmer, built by Blickman, and made for you. Check out anvilbrewing.com. Anvil. Durable. Reliable. Dependable. Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and freshest ingredients and the best customer service in the business. New at Williams is the innovative line of Intertap forward-sealing beer faucets with interchangeable spouts, as well as a new grain mill motorizing kit that features a gear motor that spins your mill at the correct 180 RPM without the need for hazardous belts. Also new is the Mark II Wart Pump, a magnetic drive high-temperature pump that starts at only $69.99, but does the job of pumps costing twice as much. Other exclusives include their Brewer's Edge Mini Regulators in many configurations, as well as their exclusive line of Keg King Kegs and Keg King Disconnects. Go to williamsbrewing.com to browse their vast selection. From now until September 30th, enter web coupon NETWORK at checkout with any order of $75 or more and get a free Williams Brewing baseball hat with your order. Putting hops in my beer again. What? Why? It's just too ridiculous. Insane prices, stupid contracts, high shipping costs, crappy selection. Dude, you need Nico Brew. Nico Brew will rock your f***ing face right the f*** off your f***ing skull. $5 shipping to all 50 states, plus fantastic international rates get you low prices on Nico Brew's great selection of hops and more. Whether you're a home brewer, a pro brewer, or a home brew shop owner, Nico Brew can get you the hops you need in increments big and small, single orders, spot buys, or full contracts. And there's only one place to join the uber-special secret elite. Elite Bare Bones Club, where you'll get the best deals anywhere. Holy f***ing shit. NicoBrew.com. N-I-K-O-B-R-E-W. NicoBrew, your bare bones buddy in the brewing business. 
If you work in retail sales, the restaurant industry, or are a new craft beer enthusiast, or you know someone who is, you have got to check out Beer 101. Beer 101 is an online course created for anyone wanting a quick introduction to the vast world of craft beer. Beer 101 covers the history of beer, brewing ingredients and processes, vital stats like ABV, SRM, IBU and gravity, styles, tasting, glassware, and pairing beer with food. The Beer 101 course is offered by the Brewers Association at craftbeer.com, also home to the truly awesome Beer Style Finder, a visual guide to every beer style. Quickly play with color, bitterness, and alcohol content to interactively explore the entire world of beer styles with a gorgeously designed interface to your favorite beverage. The new Beer 101 course and new Beer Style Finder are only available at craftbeer.com. Craftbeer.com, celebrating the best of American beer. Welcome back. Thanks for sticking with us, everybody. You're Doc, welcome. Uh, yeah. You have a phone call, Doc. Do you want to take a phone call? Sure, I'd take a phone call. All right, you want to take a phone call? Let's see if I can... Uh... Can't imagine who it is. Okay, here we go. Sounds like a prank call to me. Mm. I, don't, I don't know. I don't I've been know. getting them all night. <laughs> That's so weird. Yeah. Well. But you know what's not weird? Yes. You can go to adamandeve.com, and for a limited time only, you'll get 50% off just about any item. When you select your one item at 50% off, you'll also receive three free adult DVDs, plus a free exclusive gift, and to top it all off, they will even throw in free shipping on your entire order. So this is what you get. 50% off almost any one item. Three free DVDs. Something called the Free Power O Vibrating Ring. The clip bumper is gone. We sold them out. <laughs> so gone. now they got the Power O Vibrating Ring, and you got free shipping. AdamandEve.com and use code BNARMY at checkout. That's B-N-A-R-M-Y at AdamandEve.com uh, for all of your, I don't know, vibrating needs, I guess, right? For all your power owing needs. I mean, everyone needs a... <clears throat> Who's O doesn't need more power? So, hey, what's the code, uh, Rosanna? <laughs> it's, yeah, it's Rosanna. <laughs> so, you know, I don't know if you guys know this, but I went to Hawaii a couple weeks ago. Really? Yeah, man, it's pretty huh. cool. Why'd you go? Uh, it's anniversary. It's a wedding anniversary. Oh, you got married? Yeah, I got married last year. Oh, oh yeah, wow, last it's year. A, it's a whole thing. I don't like to brag about it. Oh, okay. And uh, one of Taryn's coworkers, I gave her a really nice, you know, basket essentially, like this big duffel of just crap, like headphones, like fucking earbud headphones and snacks for the plane and water bottles for us to fill up oh, and all sweet. this kind of stuff. Yeah, it was really, really sweet. And she gave her a couple like girly magazines to read. I didn't get anything, but whatever. Huh. And one of them was a Cosmo and a Cosmopolitan. And on the front cover, it was like, get more power in your O. And it had like eight exclamation points. And I just, she was like putting together her stuff to, to read on the plane. And she goes, oh, I don't need to read any of these. And I just, I turned the Cosmo to her and I just pushed it to her. And it's like, huh. 
you should probably read that. Did you highlight? You need. The article? <laughs> I need as much help as I can get. <laughs> and uh, anyway, <laughs> well, why didn't you read it? That power then, O, because yeah, it's not my orgasm. That's not my orgasm. I don't well, know. you're supposed to help her to get that. right. Well, but if it was written from the Supply. third person, but it was written like first person or maybe second person, and I can't, I can't, you know, that's too much. That's too much English mm. for me. I don't well, know how to switch like, it around. Hey, how about do this? And she'd be like, oh, wow, you're so smart, Jason. You really know your way. Why did you wait seven years to <laughs> tell me these things? Yeah. Yeah. Well, Why you, do you have paper cuts on your fingers? You wanted to make sure she was worth it. <laughs> That's right. Uh, I know. I do. You can't bring your A game every time. Oh, stop. <laughs> <laughs> I left the building. Are you saying he's always on his A game? Yes, I'm not commenting on this one way or another. Just well, you've seen the you've seen the videos. You know, you can stop speak. I've first of all, I'm very flustered right now. First of all, I've not her. seen. Yeah. I broke back. Most women are. <laughs> yeah. Seen no videos. Videos. And if they actually existed, which dear God, I hope they don't. I would not watch them ever. Uh, and oh yeah, you gotta watch them. Just stop. Yeah, with popcorn. Uh, I, I hate popcorn. <laughs> you gotta say that. Find the eight better ways for the more powerful. Yeah. Oh. stop it. Right. I mean, yeah. you know, uh, look, I have a whole stretching routine in there. It's a whole thing now, dude. It's a whole thing. That's how you know you're old. When you got to stretch, you, you got to stretch he, it out. You don't know what he's stretching. Well, you don't want to get a cramp. That's the worst. You get like a right. calf cramp or something. Uh, so what I was thinking with cramping, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, yeah you can't have that butt cramp. Anyway, we are on. Uh, we're still on with Dan from. Let's see if I can get this right. Le Castor. Nice. I did it. I did a good. Very good. I did a goodly. See, yeah. look at you, yeah. Warren. You, you were t- Warren was trying to you, tell me no. You pronounced the S too hard. Le Castor. Yeah. How do you say it? Uh, le Castor. Le yeah. Castor. Short, yeah, short R. Yeah, you're right. Not Le, not, not le Castor. Le oh, okay. Castor. Ah. Yeah. You're very, you're very close, though. <laughs> Thank close you. I, I appreciate that. We had uh, some guy on from uh, Estonia last week. <laughs> that's right. a fucking brewery they name that's hard to pronounce. It was like Pujala. Uh, it's P O J H A L A, and it had like a tilde over the O, and all these kind of. I was, I was lost, man. Wow, your tongue was lost. But I powered through it because that's what we do here on the Brain Network, Dan. We power through stuff. Right. Uh, speaking of powering through, I'm opening. I, I the name of the beer, the label's all jacked up. I think it's the Cersei. Oh, the Cerise. Cerise, yeah, there you go. Farmhouse. I told you it's all jacked up. Uh, there's a lady on a bike, and there's a bunch of cherries around her. Farmhouse Cerise, yeah, exactly. There you go. What is that? Uh, tell me about this beer, please, if you wouldn't mind. So this is this is um, basically the same base beer as the Farmhouse Houblon. Okay. Uh, but instead of you know having uh, hops or Houblon as the as one of the you know primary um flavors and ingredients it's um we didn't do the dry hop this time around instead we we did primary fermentation with brett and saison yeast and then racked it onto uh um sour cherries organic sour cherries and let it uh let it ferment on those for i think about three months and then uh bottle conditioned it for another two or three months when was that bottled do you know uh, oh God, good. Uh, he, he jacked oh, up the, that's one the part of the label that's there. Uh, 
Okay, yeah. So, June 14th. yeah, 14th of June. Yeah. So how long is that? One, two, three and a half months. Yeah. So that's it. Basically just farmhouse. But, um, you know, we wanted to – this is the first beer we've really done with fruit, to be honest. Um, we've used we've used like raisins and dates, things like that, as, as more of, I guess, a spice before, but not – a true fruit beer. So this is, this is the first time we've done like an extended re-fermentation with Brett on fruit. Um, so, okay. and, uh, yeah, well, we've got, we've got more in the pipeline. Actually to that end, I do have a question from the chat about fruit beers. If you wouldn't mind, uh, fielding a question. Sure. This Dude. is from, Hey, food will be ready at seven thirty. He says, um, Oh, beer, beer, no, that's... beer, tofer, beer, tofer. Yeah. All right. I didn't scroll up, and I was trying to make fun of you. I was trying to mock you subtly. <laughs> but you ended up just making yourself look dumb. Yeah. It's much better on the second show. Yeah. Uh, he says, uh, hey, you guys, have any experience pitching Brett into a higher ABV beer for a secondary fruit fermentation? Uh, also, did a high step in the beer to get more long-chain sugars in there for the Brett? I don't know what that second part means, but uh, so he's asking if uh, you have an experience pitching Brett into higher ABV beer for secondary fermentation with fruit. Um, we did one of the one of the fooders we dumped. So I don't know if you want my advice or not. <laughs> uh, yeah, go. Yeah, go ahead, because I'm going to say it's just it was the fooder, not the process. Yeah, I like the way you, you think. Thanks, man. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, definitely, um, definitely, you know, we we would. Um, up up the amount of brett we're pitching with high abv depends on uh how how high an abv we're talking about um you have the other bottle i think you have is sanctuary which is a 10 percent abbey ale we do have that yeah um that one i don't think that one fermented as low as i thought um it may go um, if it fermented fine, it's, it's carbonated enough, the beer, but yeah, you would, I mean, obviously high alcohol is a more stressful environment. So, um, you're going to want to, um, increase, increase the pitch size, I would say, or starter or, you know, if it's on the homebrew, on the homebrew scale in terms of changing, I think he was asking about, um, maybe a different mash schedule to, to leave more, to leave more sugar for the Brett. I mean, I don't know. I mean, if, if you're if you're racking it onto if you're racking it onto fruit anyway, um, you know, it, it really depends. Um, we wouldn't we wouldn't necessarily do that. We'd want to dry the beer out pretty pretty well in the fermenter, and mm-hmm. then rack onto fruit. So you know, the breath is is really just focusing on the fruit and not getting distracted by you know other other stuff that it can ferment. Um, so I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not sure unless, unless you've got, you know, unlimited time, um, I'm not sure that the higher residual gravity as well as the fruit, I don't know what that would give you to be honest, because if it's funk or you're, you're hoping for the breath to express itself more, um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure you would get more of it that way. I mean, we, you know, you know, we get we get plenty uh, in the bottle. Just sometimes doing the the bottle refermentation, but you know, those are the kinds of things you have to experiment with. Because even if I said definitely, yeah, great idea, it may work for us, but um, it's definitely it's not necessarily going to work for for other people in, in their setup. Uh, it, I find it's very particular to to your uh, to to the water you're using and to the conditions you put the, the yeast into. But how do you manage? Know. I'm waffling now. 
<laughs> How do you manage your uh, Brett pitching? Are you, do you, are you doing cell counts? Are you using just volumes of, of previous beers that you brewed? Yeah, we're pretty we're pretty ghetto. We um, we really just pitch by weight. Um, so we have we have tons and tons of like sixty liter. Um, can, you know the um, the yeast propagators they're made from they're made from half barrel kegs basically mm-hmm. um, and, and we have tons of those around the brewery so we've always you know we've got 60 liter pitches of like propagations of brett going at all times and you know we'll typically we'll typically add uh, if it's one strain of brett let's say 30 liters you know into into a um, into a 40 barrel bottling, or if it's a couple strains, we'll add a bit more. So we're, we're typically pitching by volume or weight. Um, you know, cell counts, um, not as much. We do, we do cell counts, I guess, more on the, on the clean side where, you know, you want, you want that beer, that clean side beer to finish, you know, at a, at a pretty specific, um, density after fermentation, um, whereas on the Brett side, you know, we're, we kind of always feel like we're heading towards zero and we're going to get there. Um, so if you, you know, if you slightly under pitch or slightly over pitch on the Brett side, I, I, you know, I think the consequences are kind of less dire. Um, you know, some people would, would may argue with that and say that they get, you know, obviously different profiles, but in our experience, it's, it's, it's pretty loose, but we do pitch by weight. And how often are you pulling from one of those? Uh, propagation tanks and, and topping it up with uh, fresh wort. Oh, we're we're continually topping them up. So on a weekly basis, where we drag them into the brew house, and we'll divert you know fresh fresh um, heat exed wort from a from a clean from a, going into a clean FV, for example, and we'll 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 top up these things. Um, you know, the Brett typically takes if you know a good couple weeks to step up um so to get down to a reasonable gravity like you know three let's say three plato somewhere around there um we'll we'll generally try to leave them a couple weeks before we pitch them into into a beer for bottle conditioning or or for a brett primary um because we just want them to be you know done at least their their little propagation that they're going through and the brett does seem to take uh, need a couple weeks to do that so it's it's an ongoing rotating basis we have we have like five or six different strains of brett going you know uh, on a regular basis in the brewery it's it's actually getting it's actually a challenge to manage all the different um strains like you, know, you have on the clean side you have these sack strains that are kind of your house strains and you've mm. you know you got a good handle on those but when it comes to brett and now and now we're we're getting you know more into PDOs and we're 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 you know going down sour the sour beer avenue. Um, you need you know literally dozens of these little propagators all over the brewery with various bacteria and breaths um, available at the time because if you don't have it, you're you know you've got to order it from a lab and then you've got to step it up and all this stuff. So it can it can knock your plans back a good month if if you don't have them on hand. How many yeast do you have on the clean side? Well, on the clean side, you know, we use Cali Ale for for most of what we do. Anything anything hop forward is is California Ale. Um, so our IPA, our our ISA, um, if we our black IPA, um, these are all Cali Ale. We use um, SO4 as kind of um, 
you know, on the dry side, um, dry yeast SO4, we use that for things like uh, our scotch ale that goes into bourbon barrels and our oatmeal stout. So we, we kind of have some go-to stuff. We, we use, we use um, you know, Belle Saison uh, dry yeast, which is, which is, uh, which is French, yeast, uh, French Saison yeast. Um, it's just easy to store the dry stuff. So we, we get, you know, we use some fermentus. Uh, it's, it's just a lot easier to manage, whereas, you know, obviously in liquid format, timing, timing is a little more critical. So, um, yeah, it's, it seems to be a lot easier on, on the, on the clean side, to be honest. And if you're getting the result that you want, then that's, they're great. Yeah. I mean, we're always experimenting. Like, uh, we're always playing around like the, the oatmeal stout, we've tried a few strains and we're going to keep experimenting. And, um, but when it comes to hoppy beers, I mean, we, we learned our lesson. We, with, when we first brewed our IPA, our first batch went out, we were, you know, really happy with the beer. And then we thought, um, you know, we again, we were, you know, quite inspired by by what Stone was doing. And and the, uh, you know, is it the hops book or the IPA book came out? Mitch Steele's book. Um, oh, yeah, the IPA. And IPA. And, he, and that, yeah. that was an amazing book. I mean, I was reading that book cover to cover and really trying to absorb what he was saying. And, and um, I think Stone used, um, is it 007 is their yeah, primary? Yeah, it's more like their yeast, yeah. Um. So we thought, well, if it's good enough for Stone, I mean, <laughs> we, should, we should give it a try, right? And um, good strategy. And and it was a really bad idea. Um, <laughs> we like so batch two went out, and and we used 007 just blind. We didn't test batch it, which is always fun. Um, <laughs> it's like, wow, that didn't work. So so it, it smelled great in the fermenter. I was like, oh yeah, okay, it's a slightly different yeast character. We kind of see where 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 the attraction is and and then we bottled it and sent it out <laughs> and it, it? Just, it just went to diacetyl I was say, what like, about the diacetyl uh, test you didn't mention that <laughs> yeah it, it yeah it went to diacetyl in the bottle and we were horrified absolutely horrified oh so God. we're like ah, ha, 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 batch two of the ipa is is a mess so um what do you do yeah. when that happens sorry to just totally derail the story but what what do you what's your process well, like how do you handle I mean, that? Get a bag of money I mean, and go buy all at the that point, At that point, we're talking 20-barrel batches, and they were basically evaporating, you know, as soon as we delivered them. So um, we, we did we did talk to people kind of more one-on-one um, and, and explain to people we, we tried a new yeast with that particular batch. And it, it, it not only, like, it wasn't just diacetyl, but uh, I mean, it wasn't horrific. It wasn't a huge amount of diacetyl, but there was enough. I mean, we have a pretty low tolerance of diacetyl anyway, but... Mm-hmm. Um, it changed the way the hops that came through. It, it completely changed the dry hop. Highest um, flavors, yes. Which is which is really interesting how yeast can do that. And um, you just talk to people. Like there wasn't like a recall or anything. I mean, our, the beer just it, it just gets distributed and purchased too quickly. Because it was when gone. Yeah. And, yeah. Okay. and my experience is, and I'm, I bet this is what you what's happened with you as well, is that you know ninety to ninety five percent of the people that are drinking beer, this beer that got into the market. Don't know diacetyl. They're not cringing at the diacetyl flavor. They're just saying, "Well, this beer, you know, as as I don't, you know, don't like it as, as much as I'd like another beer." But they don't really. Uh, and in fact, I've been uh, in places where, when, when they, you know, finally get the diacetyl out of the beer, people go like, "I don't like your beer anymore." What, you know, it doesn't taste like I like it. 
Yeah, it's a funny thing that I mean, it depends on it depends entirely on people's palates. Like I, I often bring home you know the hand caps, you know the the bottles that come through the bottling machine and don't get a cap on them. <laughs> so you you hand cap them beside the bottling line. So now they've got a decent amount of O2 in the headspace. So so those are the ones you know in low fills. We tend to bring those home and drink them. And, yeah, drink them fresh. Yeah. And, um, yeah, sometimes I'll be drinking them and like, I'm not sure of the age and I've got, you know, I'm with some friends and I'll, they'll, they'll crack a bottle open and they're happily drinking away and I'll grab it and smell it and just dump it out immediately. <laughs> yeah. Like you're not drinking that. And, <laughs> yeah, they thought it was great, right? Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So they, they slap they, it out of their hand. You know, what is that? No, um, no, no. To me, sometimes and, knowing you know, the beer off flavors is sort of a curse, mm-hmm. you know, it totally yeah. is. Some breweries like need diacetyl, like McCausland, you know, they're, they're pretty, you guys have heard of them probably. And, uh, no, I never heard of McCausland Brewing. Yeah. Oh, they have, um, they're, they're one of the original microbreweries in Quebec. They were like back in the late eighties, they started up. So, so real, real, real pioneers and, and British style beers and diacetyl is part of their flavor profile. And there's no way they're changing their yeast. There's like, just no way. And, actively and on purpose. So well, phenomenal. that's it's it's their signature, and okay. you know, they they came out with a bunch of IPAs uh, in the last few years, and you hear a lot of people you know hollering like you know you got to change your yeast strain <laughs> to, to to brew an American IPA. You just because you know it, you're gonna you know you're gonna clean up clean up the diacetyl, but it's 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 they can do that. They 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 know how to do that, but they don't want to. This is their signature. This is their style. This is yeah. this is the way their beer sh- should taste and is going to taste. So, yeah, it's a funny thing, right? Well, it, like, there are plenty of American breweries with diacetyl in their beer. So, it wouldn't be inaccurate. <laughs> right. <laughs> how does that how does that uh come uh, come through now that well, I mean, you guys I guess you were sort of alluding to it. Uh the more information and the more knowledge that we have as craft beer drinkers to know that diacetyl is a flaw i mean is is that kind of flavor profile wanted anymore in a beer diacetyl in in like in particular well specifically with the and i you know i understand you don't want to call anybody out or or say anything bad about another brewery but uh, but that specific brewery where that's part of their flavor profile um and you already had there was already people kind of hollering at them to to change that to let them know hey this isn't really kosher anymore is that is that something yeah. you, you find well, I mean, more and more you know mccausland is huge they're they're a big brewery. they're a regional brewery um, oh, okay and they've you know they're one of the oldest ones in the country um they're they're you know they're not going to their whole and they do top cropping like they have open fermentation where they top crop Jeez. um so they're they have a real old school way of doing things and there's no way they're going to introduce a new strain into their process okay uh, because you know, because you know, some some beer aficionados are, are screaming at them. You got to use you know clean yeast to brew an IPA. It's just not going to happen. And I yeah. I, 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 I kind of respect that in a way. You know, it's it's what's got them to where they are. So why would they suddenly change? You know, they're not going to change direction like that. I no, no. I just and and you know, for for forgive me, I, I didn't realize they were that you know huge. But I, I just meant as far as 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 the 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 level of knowledge increases in the in the in the beer drinker. Um, mm. And the number of beer drinkers expand. I wonder if that's going to hurt them in the long run 
because we've all been taught from an early beer drinking age that this is a bad thing and any beer that has this flaw in it is bad. But it sounds like it's just lost in translation somewhere because, uh, you know, in the, in the region that they uh, serve and the customer, you know, that, that's their, like you said, their house flavor. That's what they're kind of known for. Yeah. But And, they're, uh, and that's it. They're not different. an IPA brewery. They're, yeah. they're a brewery that has yeah. a, a world-class oatmeal stout, world-class imperial stout. They're really big on the British styles. I love um, oatmeal stout. Dan, I want to tell you so, that again. Oh, they're, and they're and they're awesome at that, you know. So that's what I mean. Like they're, they're they're the IPA stuff is very peripheral for them. So they're not. I mean, where it would where it would be a herd of brewery? I think is new breweries coming online. Yeah. Because because people are so and and if a new brewery and it happens right, a new brewery comes out and says, oh, we got this you know West Coast IPA. And you're drinking kind of a multi diacetyl bomb, and then it's just like, well, dude, this is wrong on so many levels. Uh, <laughs> you know that that's going to be really hard for for a new brewery to 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 gain credibility if if they're kind of making kind of fundamental you know mistakes in that way. Um, I would say it would be hurtful. But for someone like you know McCausland, they're just they're a juggernaut, dude. They're 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 not gonna they don't care what I think anyway. So that's for sure. That's just what they are. As long yeah. as people like buttery Chardonnays and Harry Potter, f- and are, they're Harry Potter fans, I mean, people are going to like <laughs> <laughs> shitty oh, diacetyl beer. Shitty diacetyl beer, man. Why not? Yeah. Well, well you, sometimes we compare, we, we think of, uh, we're speaking for all people that drink beer. Again, yeah. 90% of the people that drink beer don't know that diacetyl is an off flavor. They may find that a very enjoyable t- flavor. So uh, there's, if there's a brewery that can exist because uh, people like that flavor, I, I'm not yeah. surprised at all. I love it on popcorn, on movie theater popcorn. Not my beer. <laughs> yeah, I, I oh, took a sure. I took a five gallon keg of commercial beer out of my kegerator because I just couldn't handle it anymore. Just <laughs> so sitting in the garage, getting more diacetyl in it. Uh, just couldn't handle it. I popped yeah. open uh, one of the Hublons. Hublon. Now, oh, okay. It ran away a little bit. The blonde Ready? ran away. There should be one from like the spring, I think, of this year, and then one from, I believe, one of the first batches. It might have even been... The, the same batch that that's you right. tried. I meant to. I meant to look for that. The one we're pouring is the April of this year. Okay. okay. Yeah, I opened it up, and it, it. I wouldn't say it gushed, but it it, it definitely foamed over it a bit. Gushed. Oh yeah. Which you know, hey, look, it's Brad. I'm not. I'm not saying it as a as a knock. Oh, they no, they do that one in particular because it's got a decent dry hop and uh, it's usually got between three and four volumes of CO two. It's pretty, it's pretty well carbonated. Yeah. So this we had is... to we had to release a, a video actually. I, I put this made a cheesy video what? for for YouTube because on one of the um, not that batch but um, a different one, we we tried to go up to f- kind of tried to mimic Orval like just to see hey what would this beer like. Beer be like at five volumes, um, just for fun. What this uh, bottle? It can handle that pressure. Y- yeah, oh. it did. All right. it did. <laughs> <laughs> I see. There's no OSHA in Canada. That's right? a lot of volumes, bro. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty carbonated. So, so, so you got um, it that. that was that was. But then it, what? It became a problem, right? Because. Um, people were just saying, ah, it's gushing. And, and I was like, well, oh. and so I made a video and I showed, listen, the, if you chill the beer yeah. and you open the beer at an angle mm-hmm. and you, you pour into a glass, you can open a five volume beer without spilling a drop easily every time. Yeah. Um, no and one I, and I have a glass yeah. ready. 
Don't open it yeah, like without I'm a glass in always, front of you. That's the thing with a wild beer. Like yeah. I always, always have a glass a like, right, there, right there. You never know. Right. Um, and these beers have been, I don't know, how clear is it? It's probably not that clear anymore, eh? No. Nope. No, it's not super clear. No, it's been all stirred up and stuff. I mean, it's well. I shook uh, it right beforehand, like a like a like a like an orange juice. Like an yeah, yeah. Uh, so this is the very this is the first beer that I had from you, and uh, it's fucking great. See what I mean? Like it kind of it blew me away, and it's not it, it doesn't have as much Brett character as, as the one that I had, but it's, it's soft and and so much malt and the 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 yeast flavor kind of comes through, and just the the Brett kind of cleans it up on the end, and it's just so well made. Yeah, the, so the, well made. It's got a lot of uh, fruity characters from probably both the Brett and some of the dry hopping too. The hops, yeah. yeah. No, it's got a decent dry hop in it for sure. And I wish Nate was here for the Nate's in Hawaii. Nate's in Hawaii right now. Everybody's oh, wow. going to Hawaii. Everyone's yeah. in Hawaii right when now. When is it our turn? <laughs> I don't know. Um, oh, but, yeah. so uh, it tastes fresh, even yeah. though, I mean, I wish it did on this bottle. We didn't, we didn't. But in, in either case, because it's a living beer, it's, it's always going to taste fresh, it seems like. But I wish Nate was here to drink this. <laughs> Too bad he's in Hawaii. So, so is Nate. Well, he's in Hawaii. Oh. Yeah, so are you going to try the other one beside it? See if there's. Did, we, did that one survive the mailing? It did. I was hoping not to, but uh, we don't actually don't have enough uh, glasses in here, do we? All right. Yeah, you all right. Here, here, sounds like he wants to keep Yeah, sounds like he's them. pulling a Moscow. Right, let's do it side by side. No, poker is for idiots. <laughs> all right. All right, here we go. Oh, see, that one's fine. Look at that. Look at you. How'd hmm. you do that? Um, I don't know actually how I did that. I'm just kind of an amazing guy. How'd okay, you, so no, how did you do that? It was less, uh, you know, less uh, active. I guess we less could gushy. say less okay. gushy, less sexy. Um, it seems a little darker, but maybe just because the first sample is a little bit more cloudy. No, well, it could be oxidized a bit. It's but slightly the, clear. Yeah, but that bread is right there. You know, in the nose, man. Oh, it's so good. Are they cold? Like, what did you? Yeah. Did you, no, they're yeah. Re- they're relatively cold. They're JP I, cold. I think they're. Uh, doc, shut up. <laughs> I think they're relatively cold. I don't know what temperature. They're cool. About like uh, 40, 47 or. I mean, they yeah, were. They've been in my fridge. Start. They've been in my fridge for you know three oh, days, no, and, we, and well, I brought it in the, the and table. I brought it in the walk-in. Right. Uh, and kept it in there for a bit, and they've been sitting here for I don't know hour and a half. The first ones are cold. The IPA yeah. we had, yeah. Yeah. Yakima, but in an insulated bag. Yeah. So JP cold. A lot of the fruit uh, hop characters turn gone Doc away. Off. <laughs> Doc is not contributing, and he's just sleeping anyway. So C- compared to the one from April. Sorry, Warren. Go ahead. What were you saying? Oh, I was saying the uh, the fruity hop character that's in the the one from April is yes. a lot less in this one. Yeah, it definitely has. Yes, I agree with you. I agree with you on that. Is it more funky? Has it got more horse blanket? Yes. A lot of straw, that kind of hay, straw, alfalfa kind of thing that that you can get sometimes. I really like it. Yeah, it's much funkier. They're very different. Very different, but still good. What were the dates on these again? The the older one was... I need to change your date code even. Uh, 02-26-15. Two twenty six. What? And that's how it's printed like on American. the thing, right? It's printed oh, really? on the thing. Yeah, o two twenty six fifteen dot c one. We did American. Months. We did American dating on there. Okay. That's why it tastes so good. There you go. That's exactly the trick. Um, <laughs> can't believe we did American dating. That's amazing. No, so, that was not another bottle we had here. I thought that's weird. So this is yeah a year what uh, oh, no. fourteen months February. 
Does it say like zero zero one after the fifteen on it or anything like uh, that? It says point oh one. It looked like a C, but uh, yeah, zero one. There you go. Yeah, so that's batch one. That's the original batch okay. from uh, from February uh, twenty fifteen. Yeah. Wow. What did you change? Did you change anything on the recipe for, between these two it's, batches? It's pretty like in terms of the malt bill, it hasn't changed. All we've all we've kind of done is rotate in different slightly different hops for the for the hopping regime for the dry hops and stuff um but other than that like uh you know the bread strain saison strain the malt bill it's all the same we're just kind of playing around with different hops because it's um one thing we struggle a bit with is is dry hopping saison because um all that yeast and suspension really um really kind of neuters a bit the the dry hopping um, we've, we've like some, some of the first batches, actually the, um, that batch, like back the cup, first couple of batches, we, we put an enormous amount of hops into dry hop and, um, it just wasn't, it just wasn't coming through and, uh, can only think that it's, it's all that yeast, um, that it was interacting with. Cause mm-hmm. we don't, we don't have that issue, you know, when we're using California yeast, uh, and dry hopping, you know, those beers. Well, when you do the dry hop the cow, uh, beers do you chill the fermenter or yeah we'll semi-crash and you do that, that with the saison as well the saison we have to semi-crash lower so oh, like so you do the same but even if you're lower to get the same effect yeah we'll huh? we'll semi-crash the saison yeast like pretty low like eight or nine degrees celsius mm-hmm. um we don't want to dry hop cold we want to dry hop warm because we feel like we get you know a better result. But right. you know we want to get the yeast out too before we dry hop. So it's um, so you semi chill, drop the yeast, semi, yeah. and then warm it back up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We just let it come back up to temperature with the uh, with the with the four yeah. four or five days of dry hopping. That's the way the good breweries do it here. I can tell you that. Yeah, that's right. Eh? Yeah. I mean, I, I I would love to be able to. I think I'd read. Um, who does it? I know Vinny does it. It was either it was either Vinny Russian River, I think he centrifuges before dry hopping. Is that right? In the and, commercial brewery, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that sounds amazing to me. Yeah. That's a dream to have um, a centrifuge someday, just to be able to, you know, to get most of the yeast out of the beer before you dry hop. So you're you're you know just hops and beer. Well, then and you that, get so much more product. And that's all you, you want. You don't have any waste. You get like amazing numbers because you can run yeah. all kinds oh, of crap into whole, there's a whole benefit to yeah to efficiency and getting yeah less waste. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I just love to not be you know dry hopping cloudy beer. No, it takes far and you get a better effect, fewer hops. It's just great. Yeah, absolutely. When, when's your uh, when's your um, your your crowdfunding for your centrifuge, man? That's the yeah, thing. Now. Seriously, I've I've I always go over to the centrifuge table at a Quebec craft brewers conference and yeah i just stare at it and go nope not yet can't afford one of those <laughs> but that and, is on your like your wish list yeah it's he's like how many hectoliters a year do you do and i tell him and he's like oh yeah hmm sorry yeah right it's yeah just, it's just not worth the return on the on investment at your oh, size they're, yeah they're, what are they? they're like they're like 250 to 500,000 they're in that range oh, and uh for for a decent one and it's just like ouch you know it's hard that's uh that's a new brew house yeah. for us you know yeah you dude. can throw in a couple extra pounds of hops for quite a while to justify <laughs> that <laughs> yeah well we're gonna have to we, we're pretty good at being inefficient so we'll we'll stick with that for now there you go i did yeah. notice on the label between the first the first batch was seven percent 
and the second batch is is a little lower. It's six point three. Yeah, that, that's true. Was that I on purpose? About that. Yeah. So yeah, that's right. We just felt just felt there was the, you could just taste the alcohol a bit too much in that in those first two batches we made. The seven there just didn't seem to be a need for it to be quite that high. So. Uh, you know, we dropped a bag or two of malt, and, um, and it ended up, you know, at six point three. We thought for a for a you know a bone dry dry hop saison, we thought that might be a nicer alcohol range for it to be a bit a bit more you know sessionable. Yeah, and that's so boozy. Yeah, yeah. For, well, I and think it works. Your beers are getting me. I'm getting raked here, man. I'm getting, <laughs> I'm getting hammered on this show. Well, I've been pouring bourbon into every glass that, Is that you have. That what you're doing? Yeah, oh my God. yeah. Yeah, yeah these are great. I'm drinking every last drop. I do like the 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 uh, the difference, man. It's it's very clear. I'm, I'm actually glad you reminded me to open that that second bottle. I'm not really, but I'm going to pretend. It's hard I to believe it's the same right. uh, process. It's yeah. It's hard to believe it's the same beer. Uh, just well, not yeah. the same beer, but you know what I mean. The same the same well, the same, same cream, brand. Just right? give the other one some time. Yeah. it'll be the same. Yeah, thing. and uh, that's uh, it's, that's crazy to me. There's the difference of Brett is so amazing, man. It's, it's such an amazing thing. I can see why there's a lot of breweries uh, like Dan's here that just focuses on it. Because yeah. it does so much interesting stuff, and it's 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 the evolution, isn't it? And that, that's yeah. the thing. Like with a clean side beer, you bottle it, and it's a race. The race is on for the consumer to drink that as soon as possible, um, unless we're talking about you know a big beer or a barrel aged beer or whatever, where cellaring comes into play. But for our IPA, it's a constant stress. Uh, it is it is just the most stressful <laughs> beer to have as your flagship because people want to drink it. And they, they expect every time they open that bottle for it to taste like it's coming out the bright tank. And and that's our goal. But the reality is it goes through this distribution network, which is far from ideal, far from efficient at times. And the beer is dying every day it's in that bottle. So, wow. you know, how depressing, start, dude. It is. It, it, it's really tough. <laughs> I mean, it's you're really, right, but that's, de- that's depressing. That's the way it's like being a brewer. They all have that same thing when they package yeah. alcohol. Yeah. It's it's tough, and and if you don't think that way, then I, I kind of think you you don't care enough about your your IPA. Like it's uh, that's absolutely but, true. But if you you know as soon as you start talking about Brett beers, yeah. it flips it flips that whole model on its head. Exactly, and that's and that's what it says on that label. It says it's, you know it's insurance. Open, it's, open it when you want. It's yeah. it's going to be interesting. Well, yeah. You can open it fresh. You can open it a year later, and we guarantee. You know, the beer won't be bad. It, there'll be some, there'll be something interesting to focus on. There'll be something it, interesting. It should say buy three. Have one in like right away. <laughs> right. One in That's three it. months. If it's getting better, wait like eight months for the next one. And that was my kind of my next question that I think this whole thing has been leading up to, but you pretty much already sort of answered is how how long do you wait for these beers? Do you have a recommended time that people wait for for specifically your Brett beers to to, to mature? Because I think by now you kind of have, I'm assuming you have a little bit of handle on on, on you know which brand is going to mature into what flavors, and and you know by the time you release them and the time people buy them, it's going to be. I'm assuming it's going to taste like this, and so that's okay for people to drink, or, or you kind of just let people do whatever they want. Yeah, well, no, you're absolutely right. We, I mean, but we do, we do the aging on our side, um, so that when the when the beer is released, we think that it's at a very uh, interesting point, and if it says you know farmhouse Soublon with Brett, there's going to be funk. So, because we, I mean, we could release that beer after three weeks in the bottle, it'll be carbonated enough. 
but that funk won't have developed yet. So the farmhouse Soublon, for example, we keep that from three to six months in our warehouse. Wow. Um, so it's drying out and becoming more complex. Um, another beer, like we would never release a Brett beer sooner than two months, um, but usually it's longer. Like the Sanctuaire, um, which is the grayscale label you have there, of the, mm-hmm. the church arches. Yeah. Um, that We held that for over a year because... Um, and we can only think that it was because it was a pretty alcoholic environment. The Brett carbonated within a, you know, let's say six weeks or five weeks or whatever. But it didn't do anything sufficiently different from because we, 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 we also packaged and sold that beer on the clean side. So we did a batch on the clean side in Bombers. And then we did this one refermented with Brett in the bottle just to kind of show we thought it'd be fun to have the two different beers on the market. And um, unfortunately, the Brett side never came out with with the clean side because we waited over a year before the Brett really started to express itself. Um, We just sat. It just sat in a warehouse in a corner and we forgot about it. I stopped trying it after three or four months. I was like, oh, man, I'll try this, you know, at the end of the year. So it it really does depend on the beer style uh, and what we're hoping to get out of it. Sometimes... Sometimes the the amount of funk never really materializes. Like we we did a collaboration with Dunham Brewery here in Quebec, and and we did uh, we were trying to put out a sour like a lacto quick sour sour wort beer uh, bottle condition with Brett saison, trying to get a sour and funky beer like in a really short turnaround time. It was just kind of a fun idea to see if we could do it, and um, the, uh, you know the, the super sour beer it, it, the brett just never it just never threw much funk in the bottle so we were supposed to just kept waiting and waiting and eventually after three months or four months in the bottle we just released it um and uh, you know was never really super happy with the degree of, of funkiness in that particular beer you think um, that was a lack of food source or just that the brett does brett really give out like a sack might no, I mean it, it. It it fermented down the way we thought oh, it would. It fermented it just, down to zero in the bottle, just like the Pharma Soublon. But the only difference was the pH. <laughs> so it was down around you know three point two or three point three somewhere around there. It was it was a nice successful you know lacto sour wort. Um, but it, the Brett just in that environment doesn't throw the same doesn't throw the same funk the way it does in a non sour wow. beer. So, um, yeah, but, but you're right. We, we hold them for different lengths of time, but absolutely minimum would be two months and then anywhere upwards of a year, you know, depending on what we're looking for. Okay. And the, the last beer that we have, and I, I wasn't going to crack it open because we're kind of running, kind of running up it, but, uh, cause we still have, <laughs> we still have more beer to drink from other people. Um, but oh I, was my like, God. I was like, fuck it, let's just do it. The sanctuary. I opened it. I opened it. I did it. Oh boy! I did it. I so know. what is it? I know, right? Uh, it is a uh, an Abbey style blonde ale, right? Yeah, I mean, in uh, I can't read French, know. so I don't know. If you, yeah, it just says I didn't. We didn't call it a triple. We just said Abbey style beer, but it's it was kind of based on a triple. It was fermented with primary yeast strain was a tri- um, you know an Abbey Abbey yeast strain, um, and then it spent um, six to eight months in um red wine barrels and then we bottle condition with brett and that was another one where you know we just had to wait that was the one we had to wait a long time for the for the brett to kind of start to show itself in the bottle kind of do its thing it's there this one's more still than the other beers i mean it's actually very still is it yeah no yeah yeah i did notice that for sure oh really Hmm. 
the, but the, man, that, that you said red wine barrels. Well, the the Abbey yeast, the esters from that yeast, and the and the oak vanillins are making it ha- have a very interesting sweet fruity vanilla flavor yeah almost good yeah i was like wow is it wort is it like unfermented wort but in a in a good way you know some some beers there's unfermented and it's like oh that's a little weird but some it's like it's you know dry clearly right there's it's drier but it's that essence of the of the wort that fresh wort kind of flavor that i think is really hard to get that's what Mm -hmm. i meant i was like but i think maybe it's that i think it's the the red wine barrels the wood Mm mm-hmm uh, the esters of the yeast are, are are kind of making this weird fruity, like dark, not really dry fruit, but uh, I don't know how to describe it. Is it? It's not flat, is it? It's not a. I, w- I don't know if, it was, uh, if it's super flat. There flat-ish. there are some bubbles in there, but uh, yeah, very few. but yeah, not not. Uh, I mean, you swirl oh, it, better. and there's a little. There's this could a be l- in one of those that maybe had a cap failure, but then the bottle didn't. Break. No, it it should have. That beer had pretty decent carbonation in it. Like not yeah, not four yeah. volumes, but it definitely was in the high twos. No, it was close, yeah, no, close there's to close nothing close that. three. Yeah, well, so under. that's probably changing the perception too. But you know, look, it's a bottled product. What are you going to do? You know, I wonder if uh, the um, the hot sauce. Came into collision with it <laughs> yeah. in the box. So yeah, so we had this. Uh, you know, the the package broke, right? Some of the bottles broke, and so I go to FedEx to pick it up on Friday because I didn't want it to sit in the hot truck all day. I was like, I'll just run down to Pacheco, visit Pacheco again because yeah. it's Pacheco. Right. And uh, the lady's getting it, and she goes, yeah, it had to be uh, rewrapped. I'm like, what the fuck does that mean, rewrapped? Oh, uh, repackaged. Okay, well, you know, maybe just use repackaged next time. Um, and then she's, like, bringing me up for it or whatever, and, and she says in the box, yeah, so two bottles were thrown away and a box of pasta. I'm like, what <laughs> the fuck? So then, I, I mean, I've never met Daniel, so I have no idea. We've just been emailing. Yeah. So I'm like, maybe he's just this, this kooky, you know, French-Canadian guy, right? Who knows? Yeah. Whatever. Sending me the, the, the local cuisine, and it's a whole... We've been sent worse and yeah. weird, weirder shit. Quebec right? is known for its pasta. I, I would have sent you poutine, man. I wouldn't have sent you I, pasta. And, and I would have appreciated that. Maybe a donaire or two. Um <laughs> And uh, so I'm like, what the hell's going on? And I'm, we're looking at each other. And I get home and open the box. And the first thing I see is a beat up package of minute rice. Huh. It's just totally beat to shit. <laughs> um, a pot noodle, like a, like, a, like a cup of soup, like oh, a yeah. cup of noodles, just dented all to hell. Three small bottles of Gatorade <laughs> and a pack of Frank's Red Hot. Like fucking <laughs> buffalo sauce. And so I emailed Daniel. I was like, I don't know what you did. Like, what's happening? He goes, that is, I did, trust me, I did not send you food items. <laughs> that is super strange. So I think what happens to me, they just, they, you know, oh, the like the damaged the boxes just go in the same, yeah. like, area. And they then they get tell. repackaged or whatever. And we, we got some college kids, you know, end of the week, like, uh, write right. it out Care until. Package. Love <laughs> until, you, mom. Yeah, until the grant money comes in. Like, yeah. three half bottles of Gatorade, bro. It's all you're going to get. So I would, yeah, maybe the Frank's Red Hot kind of pulled some of that carbonation out of it. Uh, yeah, no, that's that's suspect for sure. That should that should be better carbonated. So let's blame it on the hot sauce. And let's do that. Let's do that. I, yeah. I do like it though. I mean, I, I no, think we, really we get a, a really mm. good essence of, of, oh, yeah. of what the beer is, man. But yeah, a little bit more, got more malt character. I like it. Yeah, that's very good, man. I really like it. Like but, and on t- it, it is pretty dry. Like that's that's below uh-huh. one Play-Doh finishing gravity. So it's but but yeah, with all the alcohol in there like and that. the barrel aging, it doesn't. Yeah, 
it shouldn't taste thin or anything. That's no, sure. definitely no. 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 There's a lot to chew on this too. I'm I, honestly a lot I, I kind of like it. I'm kind of glad that we've had this happen, like a lower carbonation, because it, you kind of get uh-huh. a sense for the beer without the added, you know, acidity and, and liveliness of the carbonation. Like this is the, you know, what the beer off the tank or whatever. Right? Even, a really, even a high uh, beer to high volume, by the time you drink the last drink, it's pretty much flat. So yeah, we're just getting a lot of that. I, I like it. I think I think that's a, you know, it's a it's a it's a unique perspective to look at this beer. It's a very complex beer. I like it. All right, Dan. Yeah. Well, I think I think that's it. I think we're going to let you go. We've taken up uh, over two hours of your time tonight, and I I really appreciate. Sorry, when uh, you start. I really appreciate it, man. And it's tomorrow, there, isn't it? Is it tomorrow already? It, it is in five minutes. Oh, yep. Yeah, see, five we'll, minutes. we'll let you go, or unless you want to, you know, see the sun come up with the Brewing Network, which I'm sure is your dream. <laughs> well, well, I think we'll have to pay you guys a visit. Uh, we've got to get do. down to California and come and yeah. come and tapping and down there. Yeah, it, let can, us know. Can we get your beers out here in California, or 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 not? I, I would love that. I would love to figure out a way to do that because, okay. uh, yeah, I'm everything I'm seeing in California is pretty exciting. So. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I guess it would, yeah, I'd have to, have to find a, find an agent or something, see if that's a possibility, but I think that'd be cool. I mean, I think, I think people go nuts for them down here. I really do. Yeah. Are breath, are breath beers, are they, are they like more mainstream? Are they selling well down there? Or is it still just IPA nation kind of? It, it's well, always going to be IPA nation. <laughs> it's a huge yeah. beer scene here. So even the yeah. fringes. So a lot of beer. Yeah, sure. the, yeah, the fringes are pretty well represented too. So yeah. I, I think I think these beers would do pretty well. What do you think? Well, the styles that you, you've got here and that we've tried, there's uh, people like standing in line to get beers from breweries that make, are making beers yeah. no better than what you've got right here. Yeah. No, I think we'll we got to come down and see see what see what it's like down there. Please do. Yeah. Please do, Dan. How can we learn more about your beers? Um, well, you can, you can always follow us on Facebook. Um, you know, we always talk about new releases that one of the beers that smashed, um, we're, we're releasing tomorrow, uh, the Roselle, which is, um, again, it's Saison, but it's infused with hibiscus and, um, what are they called in English? They're, um, Jesus. Oh my God, rose hips, and and okay. then we we refermented it on on the spent cherries that were used in the farmhouse series, so we're 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 using those cherries a second time, um, but obviously you know they're more subtle, and the and the star of this beer is the hibiscus, so it's kind of an interesting. That's our first first time we're trying that technique using fruit in a second aging, um, so that's coming out tomorrow, and we've got an Instagram page which is a bit more bit more goofy, you know, just kind of pictures and videos from around the brewery, but the Facebook page is you know. It's more business, all about business. You know, like <laughs> you gotta have that this, business part, man. Uh, this this is our marketing budget, right? Like an, an Instagram page uh, and, and a Facebook page. That's that's all we got. It's and the best, people, it's so. the best kind of marketing, man. I think so. Yeah, Le Castor. Nice. Is that good? <laughs> Nice. Yeah, I should get that sound bite and put yes. it on our website. Yeah, please do. Right. I'm sure you and make it autoplay. So when everyone goes to your website, just just this some American idiot mispronouncing things. Right on. Well, listen, thanks well. thanks a lot for inviting us on and uh yeah, it's just really rad to talk to you guys. Uh Yeah, really really, uh, really appreciate it. Hey man, you've been you've been more than generous with the beers and your time and uh we we really appreciate it too. And we got some swag too. We'll give we'll give some of that away on, on upcoming shows and uh it's been a pleasure, man. I, I I really appreciate it. Please let us know when you uh when you make it down here. I will do. All the best, guys. All right, Dan. Thanks, man. Take care. Bye. What a nice guy. Yeah, really nice. 
What well, a nice guy. Good he's very Canadian. forthcoming. I like he's that. Canadian. That's true. What a, a bunch of good beers too, man. Oh my god, yeah. they're all great. Weren't they? Yeah. Even the even the flat beer, dude. No, I can just I don't want to name off any local breweries where people are running down to get you know bottles with the beer, but these are, these are great. Yeah, they're pretty good. They're lucky to have them in Quebec. Quebec. Making sure Doc's awake. Uh, okay, so now what we have is we have more beer to drink. It's the it's the all beer show, dude. All beer all the time. Uh, why are we drinking so much beer the last couple weeks? Uh, because we got well. Look, it was. It, I told Dan up front. I was like, okay, man. Look, you kind you sent a lot of beer, which is always awesome. But we're probably not going to have time to drink it all because. Uh, Deschutes in us some beer. We have some uh, some guys from out of town who have some beer. Uh, for they're going to be coming in the next segment. Uh, they're going to have some beers, and you know, I just I don't think we'll get to it all. Um, but I sort of just kind of got sidetracked and lost control about opening all these <laughs> awesome beers from Le Castor. You kept pouring. I kept pouring, dude. So, um, well, when another guy produced yeah. the show, we never got to the beers because he never thought to bring them out. Oh, well, so this is how it always should have been. This is how it's this is how it always should have been, guys. Well, I'm agreeing there. This is how oh. it always should have been. And we have one more bottle left over, two more bottles, and you guys can take them if you want. I don't give a shit. What? Yeah. Anyway, you can pronounce the name of the brewery. You should take them. Lecaster. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, right now we're drinking uh, the beer. It's a brand new beer from Deschutes. It's called Armory XPA, which is an experimental pale ale. And uh, yeah, Bev, did you give me those live reads? Or you mentioned I there was a number up? or something. Got them right here. Thank you. There is a number. I got it right here. I got it right here. And there's an experimental number. This sounds like a Thank you, Hopsteiner Bev. hop or something. What, what, you know the... Uh... I do. I got the number right here. Uh, okay, so this is a 5.9% ABV and 55 IBU beer. And apparently they're going to be doing it in, 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 in rounds. I mean, this beer will be uh, available year-round, but uh, each batch will be brewed with a different experimental hop, which I think is kind of cool. I mean, it's very cool, but I think that's kind of the, the thing. I mean, that's what you have to do, I would imagine. You want to play with these experimental hops, throw them in on a base beer that people kind of single know. single malt, single hop kind of thing. Yeah, well, so check this out. But so it's like a really, I mean, this obviously has a real malt bill. Yeah, it has a super malt bill, right? It's, I mean, it's you know, it's a no, it's orangey in color. Yeah. yeah, I don't like the single malt, single hop thing. I don't like it the, either. Because the I'm malts glad you are said so that. like stupid, boring. I can't. I, I gotta to appreciate the hop. I gotta have it in a reasonable environment. I agree. So check this out. This batch is hopped with Nugget, Northern Brewer, Cascade, Centennial. Just, just, just separate those for a second. Oh, wonderful. Classic, yeah. old school. A little bit of new school, I guess, with the Centennial, but Cascade Nugget Northern Brewer. I mean, can you get more classic Pacific Northwest beers, right? Yeah. Chinook, maybe. Centennial Northern Brewer in the same beer. I'm, I'm, I'm rocking. And you're good, yeah. right? Uh, and so the experimental hop is number 07270. Well, how do you think they used that? That's a great question. I mean, I those, don't other, know. those other hops are so great. Yeah. I mean, this beer could be like... Yeah. You know, hidden behind this. So, t- well, so tasting it, 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 it tastes very tropical, kind of orangey, uh, like a citrusy, but like a darker citrus. Which I guess orange is a darker citrus now. Let's just call that. Let's just call that what it is. Um, and so maybe that's it. So like this weird kind of tropical mangoey orange kind of a deal. Mm-hmm. Got some more of that. Yeah. Yeah, dude, we got yeah here. Finish think, that bottle. I think dude. Roger at Faction uses that hop. Doesn't he? I don't, 7270? I don't know. So here's the deal. 
Uh, Deschutes is giving away a trip to their experimental hop farm. Oh, great. So I think this is their that? hop. Oh, okay. I think it's their thing. Maybe they have their own. Oh, so they have their own uh, private I think so, but I'm not entirely sure. I should clarify. I'll clarify that. Whatever. Whatever the case. Um, So if you want to win that trip, which I think we should be able to go because we're the Brewing Network, uh, all you have to do is you grab uh, some Armory XPA and snap a photo of you enjoying the Uh, beer and share it on Instagram or Twitter using hashtag Armory XPA, and uh, their handle is at Deschutes Beer. If you want more info on the beer, uh, DeschutesBrewery.com slash XPA. I feel like that's something that we could do. I feel like something that we could do, <laughs> but I wonder if we would be invalidated because mm. we're members of the media oh, or something like that. Uh, but I don't know. Let's just do it anyway. Well, Fuck each it. of us could do it, and we'd have four chances. Doc, are you on Instagram? I'm a person too, Warren. I don't know. Well, you don't Doc's know if you're not on Instagram. I was counting you. <laughs> no, Doc doesn't know if they're on, if he's on Instagram. No, I just I mean, asked I me. He said my mic's not on, so what the fuck? It's not. It's not. <laughs> Oh, we turned it down. Well, it's uh, how do we? Uh, how can we hear you then? I know. Oh, <laughs> you can't. That's uh, the thing. No, I'm not on Instagram. Oh, okay. Or Twitter or anything like that. Oh, You're sure. barely on Facebook. For sure, I don't do Twitter. <laughs> for sure, <laughs> that I know. Let me turn you up a little bit. Thanks. For sure, for sure, I'm not on Twitter. <laughs> anyway, I, I like this beer. Yeah, it yeah. has a, a lot of body. I think because of the hop layering that they've done. You think so? Yes. There is a lot of hop. I mean, what is that? You can't do too much. So. One, two, three, four, five, five different, and it's, you know, it's interesting in a, in a day and age where uh, most beers are going to, like you were saying, single hop, single malt. It, it's interesting to kind of go, I don't want to say backwards because it sounds like a bad thing, right? But to kind of go back to the classics. And I do see some breweries, like we were talking to field work, I think. For the field work show, didn't they have a beer like that? Or we were talking about <laughs> somebody who made a beer like that. I can't remember. But it was like that classic Pacific Northwest from like 96 uh, yeah. malt bill, right? With some crystal malt and uh, and this kind of layering of these old school earthy no, hops. Those are good flavors. And they're they're yeah. always never going to go away. They're never going to go away. And it's, it's kind of nice to see them coming back into beers, like production well, beers. I don't That's think the shoots really ever shied away from that. Did they? Like no, the beers have all been more the balance. More well, the true, English yeah. with some crystal small and actual English English. They've yeast. always been more that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's true. So I mean, it's cool that they're sticking with it, and now it's coming coming back. So it yeah. works well on this beer. Yeah, it does. It really does, and I'll be interested to see how how this beer changes with the next round, like with the next experimental hop in it. So it's going to be those now, same hops and then this other experiment. That's what I wonder if they'll keep all those the same. Well, yeah, I think so. I'm Stay not, tuned. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure, yeah. to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, they just sent us these beers. Right. And go, here, you want to drink some beers? And I said, yours. Yeah. So Maybe check it out. Maybe send us the recipe. Well, whatever. You know, I can email them. I can yeah, ask them. See, yeah. Because yeah. our audience, people want to know. Yeah. People, yeah. yeah, inquiring minds and all that yeah. kind of shit. This would uh, be a, a beer worth brewing at home, that's for sure. If you can get it, yeah, your hands on that 07270. Right. Wow. Yeah, I don't know. It's crazy, man. I'm like trying to read this copy, but well, I'm also thinking yeah, about all the flavors. There have been some <laughs> hop, hop distributors that have like released these like brand new hops just to home brewers. There was one that, uh, I kind of I don't know who did it, it was the one that uh, Vinny brewed with. Uh, whatever. They it, you know, they could maybe do that with this. It's like, you know, they got limited amount. Yeah. They can put it in homebrewers' hands and they can do, you know, experimental batches. Yeah, and figure out what's going on. Yeah. 
Yeah. So anyway, I don't know if you if you uh, if you guys are interested in uh, in taking a trip to first of all Deschutes Experimental Hop Farm. Right. That's got to be a wonderland of hops. I mean, Deschutes has been around for a long time. They know what's going on. Well, you, at the end of the hop field tour, yeah, there's Deschutes beer. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Let's be realistic here. Yeah, for sure. That's the biggest part of the tour. I mean, a hop field. You see when you see them all. That's yeah, yeah. Uh, Armory XPA. Check it out. Pick up a six pack. Snap a photo, throw that thing on Twitter or Instagram, uh, hashtag ArmoryXPA at Deschutes Beer. And uh, who knows, dude, you could win a trip to their experimental hop farm. I, what, I mean, what the what goes on in an experimental hop farm? I imagine like... Maybe they're growing sideways. Experimenting. Maybe they're upside down. Yeah, Maybe they're like, like they they took all the topsy-turvy plants that used to be sold on QVC and they... they now they grow them upside down for hops, right? Or I imagine like you walk there like Start this. Start high, finish low. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You like walk through this like dark hallway that just has these spotlights on these beds of people just dissecting rhizomes and gluing weird. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what it's like. The dull end of my buzz. Yeah. It's like the beginning of The Matrix. But you know what's not like the beginning of The Matrix? Because The Matrix, to be honest with you, was kind of a shitty movie. Thank you for being honest. Fuck the Matrix. I disagree. But what I will what I will say is not a shitty movie. Beersmith. That is definitely not a shitty movie. If you guys want to, uh, if you guys want to start uh, organizing your your brew day, check out Beersmith. Go to beersmith.com. You get a twenty one day free trial, not a twenty day free trial. Twenty one days to figure out. How important Beersmith is to you and your brewing day. And I love it. I think it's really great. It's very easy to share your recipes, very easy to organize everything. Everything's right there. It's an easy-to-use software. and has a bunch of uh, functions and features in it that you don't even know that you need until you actually stop writing down. Look, uh, the print is dead, okay? Stop writing down your recipes. Get a computer. Get a smartphone. We all have a smartphone. Beersmith. Beersmith.com. Check it out. Although I probably just said, I probably just implied that uh, Beersmith software works on smartphones. I can't say that for sure because I don't know if it does. But it's the 21st century. You still should get a smartphone. <laughs> just for humanity's Thank sake. you. Yeah. If you still have a rotary phone, like if you have your grandma's old hand-me-down rotary phone, uh, you know, come on, dude. Yeah. What, what the it's fuck's wrong with you? Yeah. Anyway, Beersmith.com. Brad's a cool dude. He's been supporting us for a long time. And uh, seriously, it, it, it's the move you, you never knew that you needed to make. Beersmith.com. Okay, we're going to take a break for real this time. Uh, and then who do we have waiting in the wings, Taste? A Four Pure. Four oh, Pure. Nice. They're from? Uh, outside of London. Outside no. of London. They're back. We talked to them a while ago. They were on our show we, we like did. a long ago, yeah. Yeah. All nice. right, it's the session. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Brewcasters, the Brewcasters. on the Brewing Network. With over 20 years of experience making world-class craft beer and more than 100 gold medals in international competitions, Moylan's Brewing Company is not just a pretty face in craft beer. Just ask Brendan Moylan. What do we got here? The beer of the hour. Moylan's, gotta love that big M. It's like a sign of awesomeness. 
It's got an extra kick to it. Let's pour this bad boy. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, Moylan's. The end of the night when the kids are finally in bed, the wife's in bed, <laughs> nobody's bothering your ass anymore. That's Moylan's time. Moylan's is for you. Yeah! It's to help you out. Yeah. It helps me out. What? Well, because it's freaking awesome. Northern California brewed. It's brewed with love. With love? Oh, yeah. Tremendous. And it's always best where? Moylan's. you got to try it on tap at Moylan's in Novato. They're freaking awesome. Not only because I own the brewery, because I love the beer. Cheers. Boom. Kilt Lifter Scotch Ale takes big beers to a whole new level with rich malt balanced perfectly with delicate hops and now comes in four-packed tall boy cans so you can take the party on the go. Or come to the brewery, take a tour, and try any of Moylan's fresh creations right from the source. Check them out at Moylan's.com. Your support of the Brewing Network means everything to us. We couldn't produce shows without you. And we love giving you something extra for that support, like Brew Your Own Magazine. You already know it's a great brewing magazine full of recipes, equipment how-tos, discussions of beer styles, and brewing techniques. Whether you're new to brewing and just starting out or you're an old pro, you'll always learn something from the articles in Brew Your Own. Plus, there are amazing special issues like plans for building a Brutus 10 system, 250 classic clone recipes, and the Home Brewer's Answer Book. Brew Your Own Magazine and BYO.com are awesome resources for any brewer. Whether for yourself or as a gift, when you subscribe or resubscribe from the Brewing Network homepage, you directly support programs like this. Get a great magazine and support the Brewing Network. Subscribe to Brew Your Own right from the BrewingNetwork.com. When I order a beer, I want my server to know more about it than I do. I want someone who enjoys good beer and loves helping others enjoy it, too. I want someone who knows how to pour a perfect pint for every beer style. I want a Cicerone. The Cicerone Certification Program is creating the type of people who help you enjoy great beer. Home brewers and craft beer lovers know beer is more flavorful and complex than ever, and it takes some serious knowledge to store and serve beer right. Cicerones know beer. There are three levels in the Cicerone Program. Certified Beer Server, Certified Cicerone, and Master Cicerone. Cicerones are truly the sommeliers of beer. The best beer locations have a certified Cicerone on staff. Relaxed and unpretentious. Cicerone are tested on storing and serving beer, beer styles, flavor and tasting, the brewing process and ingredients, and pairing food with beer. Learn more about your next beer guide at Cicerone.org. Certified Cicerone, because it takes top talent to present a perfect pint. Army, have you heard the latest at HopTech? Since HopTech has doubled in size after a huge expansion, Jade and Roberto can stock even more of the best quality homebrewing supplies and equipment. Over 60 kick-ass varieties of hops and malts, monster truckloads of quality brewer's yeast, including white labs, Y-yeast, and multiple dry yeasts. They even have all grain systems from Grainfathers and Ruby Street Brew Systems, thanks to Jade, the brand-new all-grain brewer. And don't forget about their 10% discount to all BN Army members. Jade and Roberto are waiting for you and all of your brewing questions over at HopTech.com. HopTech, totally not sucking since 1983.
Hey, my Bruin brothers and sisters, this is Jamel Zanisha, and I want to tell you about Heretic Evil Twin. You might be familiar with my homebrew recipe, which uses massive late hopping to create a balance between the malty sweet and the hoppy bitter, along with an outrageous malt and hop character. I wanted a beer with the same bold hop and malt character, so we played around with the homebrew recipe until we were able to make a great commercial version, too. We've created a beer rich in malt character, full of caramel, toast, biscuit, and an ever-so-subtle roast note. On top of that, we piled in an insane amount of citra and Columbus hops at the end of the boil, as well as in dry hopping. This damn-the-cost approach to hopping gives Heretic's Evil Twin a great blast of citrus and tropical fruit that can't be matched by any other hop. The result is a bold, malty, hoppy, but easy-drinking beer. This is our top seller, our flagship beer, and I couldn't be prouder of it. Cheers. To find Heretic Beers near you, click on Find Some at hereticbrewing.com. You're listening to The Brewing Network. Because like beer, radio shouldn't suck. It's the I Can't Get Away From Beer show. <clears throat> we got a ton of beer. Uh, but first, before we get to uh, even more beer, I want to tell you guys, uh, you guys are in for a special treat if you're a home brewer. White Labs has been collecting yeast strains from all around the world for more than 20 years and kept them locked away until now. Through the Vault program, you have an opportunity to order new, creative, and unique strains from White Labs that have rarely, if ever, been available on a commercial scale. Check out the full lineup of strains available by visiting whitelabs.com forward slash the vault. And put your pre-order in today. Don't wait. Your order could push the next strain into production. Check it out. White Labs. Good people. Better yeast. That's what I've always said. I don't know. Have I always said that? Have I ever said I've, that? Yeah, I've always heard you say that. <laughs> Just When I think of you, I think, of, fuck, he won't right. shut up about yeah. how much better their yeast is. Yeah, I don't want to go hang out with him because he's going to tell me about White Labs <laughs> Over again. and over again. Every day. He's a piece of shit. Anyway, <clears throat> we have the guys from 4Pure, right? Did I get that right? Yeah. Did I fuck you guys up? No, I didn't. Okay. Uh, we have Tom and Dan is playing hide-and-seek behind Will here. And then, what's your name, young man? Rob. Rob, and you are Jim. Jim. All right. Jim's way in the back, so clearly no one cares about Jim. Jim, Jim doesn't get a microphone. Uh, so we got we had you guys on last year, I think, or something like that, right? Yeah, I came on last year. Okay. Uh, just down on myself, and um, John uh, was on the phone. Okay. All right. Oh, perfect. Yes. Okay. It's all blur. It's all The last 11 years is a blur right now, but I think I've gotten it. So <laughs> it was you last guys, year. It doesn't matter. It all okay. blurs together. Still blur. All right. Yeah. As you get older... <laughs> Look, when you get older, Warren... No, you get married. You get married. Wait, oh, wait. I've been married longer than you. Yeah. Some people are suckers. But life's always been... Some people are me. born suckers, Warren. Some people are talked into it. Which was I? We'll never know. All right. Anyway, and so you guys are just out in the States, hanging out, looking yeah. at breweries and checking shit out, right? Just having fun? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've done... Uh, well, Tom and Dan did Firestone Walker on day one without oh, us. Oh, yeah, dude. We- Without you guys. You're not bitter, though. Oh, we flew out the next day. They used up the air miles to get out here on day one. We came We came on the budget the next day. Okay. Uh, so in the freight, yeah. in the freight just, hold? Yeah. You got it. You got it. You just got about it. go through that drop out. That drop out, I mean, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's pretty, pretty hefty. Both uh, of these two guys got second vetting in customs as well. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 the yeah. old oh. dangerous person here wanted in one state. At least, yeah. An hour and a half. Yeah. Minimum. Yeah, 
Yeah. Really? Yeah. That's before the, the adventure even began. So, yeah, so these guys have done Firestone, then we all got together, did Sierra Nevada, uh, Bear Republic, uh, Lagunitas. Okay. And then we're here today. We've still got 21A and a couple of others, Fieldworks. So you got some beer on here. Oh, yeah, man. So, yeah, it's, kind of, it's still, still a few. I, I looked at the list this morning when these guys came around, and I was like, We've only done three breweries, so I've been here five days. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do with the rest of your time? I, I don't know. Really? I really, uh, probably something to do with this thing in the glass. Drinking beers. Yeah, great time at Lagunitas. Um, nearly, 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 nearly did Lagunitas. Nearly did it. Great time at Lagunitas. Just say Heineken. It's easier. It rolls off uh, the tongue yeah, a lot faster. Yeah, 50-50. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah, great time with those guys yesterday. Uh, had, a look, had a look today at their Rolex kit. So, Will and... Down, we're doing the geeky stuff. Oh yeah, it's, lo- it's lo- lovely kit though, lovely kit. Um, it's pretty cool, man. And you guys are going to two and eight tomorrow. Absolutely, yeah. That's gonna uh, that's gonna blow your your balls way back. That that yeah, place yeah, is yeah. fucking yeah, massive, yeah. man. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. It's we're massive. looking forward to that. We're, we're preparing for that. And well, you brought us some beer. We have. Now, Bev put this out and put it on the counter, and it says Juice Box Citrus IPA, and I about yeah. threw up mm-hmm. because I assumed it was going to be cloudy IPA because uh, juicy is like the new the new thing. First of all, I love the packaging; that's really cool. Didn't you say what the hell is that? Well, yeah, yeah. I did, but you know, waiting. It's do? sort of uh, yeah. But you poured it, and it's not cloudy. In fact, it's clear. No, it's quite clear. It's, yeah. it's, it's very good, and I really appreciate this. And I still get the juiciness. It is very oddly <laughs> enough. Juicy. Yeah, it's it doesn't weird. have to be cloudy. Yeah. Yeah. so it doesn't it's even juice. actually have juice in it. It's fucking juicy. lies. Is there a box in it? What about this? What about this is true? <laughs> right, yeah. What about this is real? The oranges. There we go. It's it, full of orange zest. It's definitely zest. set up. It's zest. So no zest. fruit per se, zest. but zest. Juicy set up to attract the young kids. The so the flavor is first for the citrus sort of hops, I assume. Yeah. I, I will. I'm just reading reading your back there, I, and I don't want to be this guy, the stickler. But th- there is a misspelling on the back of your description. You spelled flavor with a U. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Uh, Pure tropical fruity, fruity pleasure in a glass, fresh orange zest, and heaps of extremely aromatic hops. Yeah, I'll say that's uh, that's dead on. And dude. it's a, uh, a half liter. Is that what this is? Yeah, yeah. five hundred mils. Yeah, 16.9 That's a cool label, man. Freaked the uh, British market out with that tall boy. Why? Would, well, you, with, cans uh, aren't sold like this over there? The, this is probably one of the first for uh, a, a beer of that uh, gravity. Yeah, and it's been popular. I'd what? say it's been popular. <laughs> what's what's it, at 5.9? Yeah. Is that unusual? This is unusual. That's unusual in that size, yeah. But, yeah, okay. but, 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 for, for 3% drinkers, you can split that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They don't oh, package good ESBs like or anything in, in yes, like this larger can? Yeah. Stuff. They've loved it. They, they just think that we're, we're treating them as normal human beings now. Instead of 330s, 500s, big juicy beer, 5.9, they love it. They love it. They, they can't get it. enough of it. They really, honestly, cannot get enough yeah, of it. Yeah, they are adults. I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is, honestly, this is the first uh, beer that I would ever describe as juicy. Um, what what is what is juicy? Give me a juicy descriptor other than juicy. Exp- walk me through the juiciness. Well, you're the you're the brewer. You know what's going on. Describe. You look tired as fuck, by the way. So <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, I'm, 
I am for real. But, but talk in the microphone, though, too. Before Will Here, starts... See, see, help, actually, help the guy out. Put, put it down I've in front of his face. Gonna, before Will starts, I'm just yeah. going to give him a little header, which okay. is the public said this about this beer, inverted commas, uh, smashable citric beast. Oh. So, take it from Why there. isn't that a beer name? <laughs> it, could be the, it could be the follow-up. <laughs> there you go. Would you want to put a smashable citric beast in your mouth? Yeah. <laughs> kind of do. Well, you, okay. ju- you just have to. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, Will. Sorry, Will. Give me, give me words other than juicy. <laughs> Any words. Is Will the smart one? Can I just... He's I'm, not the chatty one. one. I can tell you that much. <laughs> What's that? He's not the chatty one. <laughs> <laughs> not the radio one. Only um, few, there's only a few people listening. Get around on that microphone so they can hear you really well. Cheers. Chat. Whenever you're He's ready. not going to do it. <laughs> Tom, help him out. <laughs> He's got a book. I just, I just want to know. I just want That's two us, microphones in my face. Now. I just want to help, uh, you know, help, help broaden our vocabulary a little bit. Like for us, because you know, we look, we don't get anything called juicy in this part. You know, anything that's juicy is like, uh, like I said, like the cloudy it's New gum. England IPAs that they, they keep them over there, and that's fine. They can stay over there. But for me, this is a new thing. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, I guess it's a citrus IPA, so it's got those citrus hops in it mm-hmm. uh, with some uh, orange zest uh, in the mix as well. So it's okay. giving you those kind of fruity, fruity notes to it. Is it? I mean, is it literally like recalling juice, like uh, the flavor of juice and the texture of juice? Is that what we mean when we say juicy IPA? Am I getting too? Is this too? Yeah, much? no, it's, yeah. it's the oranges is a citrus really. It's a citrus, yeah. citrus IPA. And, it's just literally and juice. The, the, the juice. The juiciness is is a play on on that being a, the, the citrus notes that are coming out, and that we're drinking it. It's easy. It's smashable, so to speak. So at five nine, it's a summer drink. It's a summer drink of this summer. I'm glad that you said that because I think over here when we're we're saying juicy IPAs, I think it means something. I think it means. Like more mouthfeel and more kind of thing, but you're literally like, no, it just tastes like fucking orange juice. Dude. Yeah, it's, fl- it's flavor. Yeah. It's, it's okay. about flavor. All right, okay. I think there's a difference now, but uh, now I understand. Oh, good. Now I realize why the like the deer in the headlights and everyone's like, I don't understand why this fucking American <laughs> doesn't understand juice. It's juice, dude. <laughs> are you using uh, American hops or are these some new uh, UK hops? So well, we use uh, some Falconer's Fly. Okay, okay. Fight. okay. To get right. a real roundedness and the mandarin of Bavaria. Oh, okay. there you go. Nice New school German hop. Yeah. Lots and lots of citra on the dry hop. Lots of citra in the dry hop. All right. I do like that mandarin of Bavaria yeah, hop. A That's one. a tasty hop, man. Yeah. What else? Uh, do you want to give us uh, like uh, the recipe for this? <laughs> you're saying? I mean, yeah. Well, yeah. So I've got it all ready. Nice. <laughs> so we talked um, about it being 5.9%. Yep. It's... Around the 10 EBC, I'm not quite sure where you are on SRM. On that. uh, that's Doc. What's our What's your SRM calculation looking like? It's about the same. Uh, it's a little, it's less. Yeah. SRM is what's smaller. 10. So the SRM is going to be about 11 or is something like Was it more? SRM versus EBC. Yeah. That's bigger differences. Yeah. So SRM here is about... It's nice and light. Yeah, it's light. No, it's really light. It looks like about a seven or eight to me. Yeah, for sure. It's going to go nine, ten. It's because it's a little bit more straw. It's not yellow. No, it's It's more gold. It's golden. So golden and orange. Yeah, isn't the edge of orange? Yeah, yeah, seven or eight, nine. And I think the UK drinkers would still find it a bit bitter, but it's only at fifty-six, fifty-five or so. Okay. Um, We're using mostly pale ale malt. 
but with a better premium caramel. Simpsons lovely premium caramel. What's premium caramel? What, what is that? It's just uh, caramel, pale caramel from Simpsons. Oh, no, caramel. Yeah. What percent of the grist, uh, the grist is that? It's about 3%, 2 All right. 3%. All right. Um, and then some torrified wheat as well. Give it a bit more body. We mash it quite okay. high, 68.5. Kind of build that mouthfeel. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and it's a lot more sweet than a lot of the either IPAs. Yeah, I, I mean, drinking it, I wouldn't, I wouldn't think it would be an, an IPA because it does have that kind of that, that roundness, that mouthfeel, and we're just not. I'm just not used like to it with, with IPAs out here, like you get with juice, right? Uh, I'm just so not used to it out here. You know, what was the starting and finishing gravity? Um, <laughs> just roughly, we start around sixteen, seventeen. Okay. And then we, then we 16 finish. Play-Doh? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then we're finishing around the 3.5 mark. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. Okay. That gives you 5.9 alcohol. Yeah. With a fair amount of body, which is great. Yeah. Um, and then the bittering is really simple. We're using Magnum. A lot of the UK brewers I don't know about over here <laughs> so much. We're all using Magnum to get our bittering. Um, and then we talked about the hops a bit before. Mm-hmm. Mandar- Mandarina Bavaria about... 10 minutes, and then Faulkner's Flight and a little bit more Citra. Okay. And then a lot of Citra in there. We actually, we, do you guys have the Braucon Hop Gun over here? The, which one? So we recirc through our external vessel. Oh, okay. All right. Dry hopping. Like a okay, torpedo, yeah. I guess, right? right? Yeah, like Sierra so Nevada yeah. does? Okay. Yeah. All right. So to save having to open the tops, you know, you keep all the aromas. Keep it all closed system. Yeah. Okay. Um, and we max that out, basically. Okay. Pack that shit full of hops. Okay. Yeah. All right. I got gotcha. you. That, that sounds good. That sounds good. So it's it's a lot of late edition hops. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Anything else? Do you do any dry hopping? I would imagine you do. Yeah. So that. Okay. Fifty kilos, which is we worked it out earlier on trying to my conversions to US units. Brilliant. You know, if you want to go all That's European, yeah. You let, yeah, yeah, let the listeners We're, figure that no, shit out. Do so don't even worry do about it. it. I don't want to tax you. It. You're on vacation, dude. I don't want to tax you. I can follow you pretty well. Listeners have to do their math, and they yeah. should say we're a horrible country. Um, <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, well, no, I'm going to do it because I, I did the conversions. About an ounce a gallon on the hot side. Oh, okay. An ounce a gallon on the cold side as well. For dry hopping? Yeah. Oh, so you do both on hot and cold side. No, wait. That, no. Was, that was a stupid question. Yeah. Sorry. He dry hops on the hot side. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Okay, well, that sounds cool, man. Very nice. How long do you uh, dry hop it for? As long as we can. Okay. <laughs> but no, um, the method we use means that we can do it real quick. So as okay. long as we can is seven hours. Oh, so when you're recirculating it, the, what, what is that? Yeah, you're getting... So, no, we use hot pellets, mm-hmm. we use T90s, and no whole T90s can go into the tank. They have to break up first, so we're getting lots of really good surface area. Okay. So, we're getting that, so how do you break them up? Is there like a mixer in, the, in this we're, vessel? We're just pumping, fa- pumping fast. I see, that, that breaks we, them up. And we have a sieve before it'll let anything go back into the main vessel. I see, I see. Yeah. Okay, to filter everything out and help you guys well, out down the line. No, it doesn't filter anything out, but it means that only the small hot particles go through. Oh, okay. So you're breaking up the hops rather than just sprinkling oh. it on the top of the surface and everything sitting there. Yeah. Breaking it all up. Get a more getting re- the most out of it. And you get yeah. a more repeatable uh, yeah. dosing. So how long, do you re- how long do you do this research? About seven hours. And you find that that's 
better than like five hours or one hour or well, we're still seven. playing with it all the time. Well, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I mean, it seems like think, at some I point think... you might be beating the vegetative <laughs> character out, and you're not. You just you, you didn't take the cream off the top. You took the garbage in, as well. I'm yeah, just, we, I don't know. We do. I mean, it, I'm not uh, saying you're doing it wrong. I'm right. just I'm wondering if did. more is better. I mean, <laughs> yeah. maybe for 24 <laughs> hours to be better. I think, Doc Ryan, I, I kind of yeah. think you did. Just we're say a that. horrible country. <laughs> I think um, <laughs> at the moment. Yeah. At the moment, the longer we can do it, the better. Trump is right. You know what? Fuck it. I've been, I've been holding back for a long time. But that wall sounds amazing. Let's make it great, America great again. Let's call it Tasty's Wall. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, mean, no, so, um, interesting. I, I don't know. How, I never. Other people have been on, and they talked about doing this sort of external vessel well, he, recirculating so, thing. And here's my question. And getting all the O2 out of the hops and everything. And I think it's the and same I, as yours. Does, I mean, how long do you do it? I think it's the same as your question. What, is it, what does it replace? So, like, seven hours recirc, does that equal, like, seven days? Five, it equals five days just sitting. Okay. Well, and that, mean, I, was that kind of what you meant? Well, yeah, where I'm oh, thinking. Right. Uh, yeah, exactly what I meant. Right. And I'm thinking, like, why not just, like, take some samples off like as you do it? Yeah. Maybe, like... You know, I imagine that's what I, mean, I assume that's what you guys. So one of the things we found with this one. Why don't is, you guys test the things you do? How? Just, <laughs> why are we assuming they don't? <laughs> we are. <laughs> oh, is that? But we're fucking is, with Tasty for you. I lost track here. This is the maximum the kit can take. Okay. Oh. So we have to give it the longest we can. Maximum to, weight of a uh, of hops. Okay. Yeah. So the you maximum you, dosing. You pack the external vessel full, so full of hops. That, that in order to time. to not be wasting hops, exactly, you have to crank it through for the seven hour time to get all maximum yield out of the hops that and you can. And break them all up because they yeah. they run up against the screen and. Got and then it. we have to stop because people have to go home at some point <laughs> during the day. Nonsense! <laughs> Wait, you guys only work seven hours a day. <laughs> yeah. 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 The guys have to do other stuff as well. Get another yeah. dude. Get another dude to sit there watch your world pool. Is it called dosing? Oh, I guess, I'm not going to say that. Get another dude. Get another dosing dude. Yeah. So the two, um, but the, then also, yeah, we're dry hopping at quite a cold temperature. Oh, really? Around six, five degrees. Really? So that'll help. Maybe oh, we all, yeah, here we always dry hop warm. We're playing with that a little bit as well. So the two things that the two things that the the homebrew radio show well, taught the commercial again. brewery are get another dude and 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 experiment. So much real try, try something yeah. new. Thank you for bringing the rest of your guys to the, uh, California. <laughs> I hope you guys learned a lot. We'll send you our invoice later. Uh, I like the beer, man. It's it's, no, it's completely Fresh. different than Fresh. what we're getting out here. I'll tell you that much right now. I like it. It's juicy. It is now. I, I but now I kind of get it. I think I still think it's so, a little different well, no, than what we I, call juicy. But I but I I think I understand what people are well, saying they when they say juicy. juicy. How, how do you world? Know? Right, that's what I'm saying. You don't drink well, the juicy stuff. I know because well, number one, I don't see it. Thank God. But um, well, they're all IPAs. And, well, and they're all cloudy as fuck. But this is not, and it's very. Pulls it's, the fuck out of right, it. Right. Well, it's very rounded. It has a lot of uh, has a lot of interesting mouthfeel to it. Yeah, it's, it's pretty. So cool. you recirculate for seven hours, and then do you just let everything that's mixed in settle in the tank, or do you filter it or centrifuge it out? Like, is it total? Are the hops totally removed after seven hours? No, we'll push into the tank, and then we'll centrifuge as soon as it's slot free. <laughs> Okay, so it could be the next day, it could be a few days. Yeah, we'll try and keep it fairly consistent. It's normally around three, four days because we want... You've got all those hops up 
in the beer in the tank. We sure. want to settle out yeah. as much as possible so we can drop some off. Yeah. Okay. And, and, and did you say 65 degrees or 6 to 5 degrees? <laughs> six to five. Six to five Celsius. There were a lot of people talking then, and so that's why I wasn't sure. 5 to and 6 Celsius. Right, okay, yeah. Oh, okay. I sh- I'm, uh, now that I'm glad you... Because I, I assumed right. you meant 65 Fahrenheit. Well, that's... Because you see? did every other conversion no, for us. I thought it was oh, 65. No, no. I thought I heard 65. Well, right. Sorry. No. Yeah, I thought yeah. It, that was the fermentation it was, uh, temperatures. What's, oh. what's 5 Celsius? Uh, that's like 40. 40. That is really cold. Wow, that's really cold. Yeah. yeah. Why so cold? Well, I to mean... To drop the yeast out? Yeah. Okay. Drops out? We get out. Right. Yeah. Loads of the yeast. You mm-hmm. get bigger knockout, though. I fucking love these cans, dude. Why? They're tall boys. I like them. I don't know. They fit. They fit nicely in my hand, and I like the you artwork. You do have like big monster hands. I do have big monster hands. <laughs> it's an extra point nine ounce compared to the pint cans you can get over here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they 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 look a little taller. I like them. Well, guys, thanks for stopping by. Hope this was everything you ever imagined. <laughs> Being more man. It's fun having you. I can tell you guys are glad to be here. Cheers <laughs> <laughs> for having us. So Not you're really, off to two and eight tomorrow. Yeah, we're doing we're doing a few uh, we're doing a few tomorrow. Uh, time, aren't we? We've got we've got three lined up tomorrow. Wow. Yeah, no. Twenty one A is Wednesday morning before we fly out. Okay, uh, we're going to yeah. the tap room oh. uh, by the Giant Stadium tomorrow. Okay, right. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. And we're hitting a few breweries in the Bay Area tomorrow as well. Where are you going? Where are you doing? Um, field day. Field, field work. Field, field work. work. Okay. Field work. All right. Uh, faction. Yeah, you gotta go yeah, there. Yeah. You gotta go there. Yeah. Which is the other one? Rare Barrel. Rare Barrel. I was gonna say you yeah. gotta go Rare Barrel too, yeah. or that's just not your 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 Bayer experience hasn't hasn't been completed. Yeah, absolutely. And we're staying in Berkeley Ooh. in a dodgy motel, I think, somewhere down there. So sounds about right. Look to yeah, that. <laughs> sounds about sounds about right. That sounds yeah. like See, a terrible idea. You could have left one of these guys <laughs> behind, and you would have had enough for a non-dodgy hotel. Like a so oh, yeah, true, maybe a semi seedy hotel. There's <laughs> even one up. But they need the extra dude. <laughs> yeah, we need get the an extra days. dude. <laughs> yeah, get, we need the extra dude. We just we don't have time to do things. Get another dude. <laughs> CEO <laughs> yeah. promotion. Yeah. We're gonna run the advert. That's why he's a get, um, Dude yeah. wanted. Yeah, dude. Just gone in the UK, so they'll wanted probably move away from dude. your country. Yeah. And that's it. Just dude wanted. Yeah, just dude wanted. For more information, please contact. We hope that they're from America. We don't want English dudes, because English dudes don't they're not exist. dudes. They're not dudes. <laughs> they're not dudes. <laughs> well, they don't know they're dudes. <laughs> they don't know they're dudes. Yeah. Wow, this is uh, so. When we had English dudes in here yes, uh, last week, uh, yes, yeah, our friend did. Phil from Breakwater, mm-hmm. uh, he works for uh, Barthas. Barth Haas. Oh, we know Phil. Phil uh, Lowry. Yeah, Phil Lowry. We yeah. know him well. Yeah, he's yeah. got a beard without a mustache kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Weird guy. Yeah, got us a ton yeah. of beer. And then he brought his pal Chris, who's a Scot, so you can't hold that against him. And uh, But he's brewing in Estonia at a brewery. And it's fucking rad beers, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but he brought some beers out from you guys. And uh, England, English beer scene is pretty good. Yeah. I like yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. We, we're good enjoying a, a good time at the moment, uh, especially in London. Uh, and further afield, to be honest, you know, Leeds, Newcastle, they're pumping out some good breweries. Oh, I'm glad you reminded me. Let's get real for a second. I just want to get really, like, super serious. Oh, boy. What's going on with Liverpool? Are we bringing the, the, the hardware home, or what's, like, <laughs> are we just going to fucking tank again? Like, what's happening? Let's be honest. Let's get real. Yeah, it's we real talk. We talked about this last time, didn't we? Probably. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. 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 kind of my thing. probably still the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It probably is, yeah. 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 They have a decent chance, but it'll probably blow it in yeah, the end. Still a guy stood at the docks waiting for Elvis records. 
<laughs> that's still happening today. 2016. <laughs> someone give him a fucking iPod. <laughs> All right, well, we're going to get out of here then, I think, because we've had a long show. I'm tired. Yeah, I think yeah. I'm drunk, too, so Beth's probably going to give me a ride home. Cool. I know, right? Uh, listen to more great radio. We have, uh, I don't know, we have Dr. Homebrew. There you go. Promote <laughs> promote other shows. Dr. Homebrew, everybody. I have no skin in the game. Don't, or don't listen to it. I don't care. But, Does anybody uh, listen to it? The host is really, is, really, is really cute. Yes. So he's a good dude. Uh, and that's it, Bev. We're not doing that other thing, right? She's shaking her head. Sorry, I said no, but it's I like forgot she my mic. Radio. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking whatever. Whatever. Well, when you're going to be at uh, Great American Beer Festival. Right, that's this week. This week. Look for me. I'll be by the uh, booth once in a while. The cardboard cutout. <laughs> yeah, I'll be at the booth. The cardboard cutout. The whole time. Are you guys going to JBF real quick? We'll be back. No, we don't. No, we're not. We're not. No, we need another guy. We need another guy. i got to write it on All right, thanks to our guest, Dan from Le Castel. And thanks to the guys from Four Pier for coming over and hanging out and bringing us some good beers. We'll see you guys, I don't know, later on. Don't die. Straight be the greatest charity crew.